Captain's Log, Stardate 69.42.311. I'm Captain Britton. And I'm Captain Spencer. And I'm Damon Pat. These are the voyages of the Starship Soyager, our ongoing mission. To explore new Trek episodes. To seek out old Trek, both cringe and based. And to boldly go... Where no far has pond before! Soy Trek! The show where three Trekkies ask themselves on a weekly basis, what aliens do you think have the most cum in their balls? Well, I think we solved that with the search for Spock. Spoiler yeah, alert. whoa, spoilers. Yeah. We're getting I mean, the search for <laughs> cock and yeah. unvaccinated cum. <laughs> yes. But I mean, we'll really get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that. Uh, this week, we'll be watching and reviewing Star Trek Three. The Search for Spock from 1984. Yeah, but before we get into that, uh, let's check in on what's new in the Star Trek universe. We got Trek news for you. News you can use to wash away your blues. We got Trek news for you. What the fuck you gonna do? What the fuck you gonna do? This week in Trek news, according to an article in Giant Freaking Robot, a TNG fan favorite will be back as a captain, but not of a ship. Uh, oh! A recent okay. teaser trailer for Star Trek Picard Season 3 revealed the return of the original cast along with what their characters are looking like. The one that was perhaps most talked about was Worf who is oh, slightly yeah. redesigned and definitely older, but not to the extent of like a Star Trek Discovery Klingon. Thankfully. Mm-hmm. When asked about Worf's role in Starfleet on Twitter, Terry Metalis, showrunner for the show, mentioned that he is a captain, but quote, in rank only. Much like um, mm. either Scotty or Spock in uh, the later Star Trek films. Mm. Uh, yeah. He then expanded... And said uh, he's on, quote, another track, one related to the Dominion War. Oh. One, one might wonder if Worf is perhaps the captain of DS9. Mm. And that would motherfucking fuck hard. That would be awesome. They could do a lot with that. I would love that. Although we'll A return of DS9 would be lovely. I mean, we all yeah. want that, right? But We all do. I mean. They're, yeah. playing, they're playing with us, man. We, <laughs> do, lest we forget the mm-hmm. tragedy of Picard season two. Never forget. I have a feeling Never. that was an inside job. Like Bush did <laughs> yeah. Picard season two. Yeah, I'm he pretty, did. pretty sure. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, I am kind of worried because like all the photos they released, like someone on Twitter called them, um, uh, Star Trek wild hogs. Cause they look like, <laughs> are they just all wearing leather jackets? <laughs> yeah, they're and all shit? just wearing uh-huh. leather jackets and it just kind of just seems like 1990s, like, um, X-Men movie to me. Where like oh yeah, they're all just wearing like leather jackets and they're all badass and oh boy. But I, but I also kind of liked I thought like the idea of more of a Worf staying in his ambassador position. 
mm. you know, that he got at the end of DS9, DS9 where he's like, you know, hanging out with like Martok all the time. And yeah. I feel like I, feel, I like that for him. It'd be cool if he got yeah. promoted to the uh, mouth to ass sitter position. <laughs> that didn't work okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Continuing on in Star Trek news, in very sad Star Trek news this week. Nichelle Nichols, best known as Ahura from the original Star Trek series and films, has passed away this week in Silver City, New Mexico at the age of 89. That is really old. Mm-hmm. There's nothing we can say that would justify her enormous impact on Star Trek, on culture, and on black Americans in general. Suffice it to say, she was a hero to many, and she will be missed by the entire community. Rest in peace among the stars, Nichelle. We appreciate you. And finally in Star Trek news, it was reported by the Mercury News that according to her own memoir published in 1994, the aforementioned Nichelle Nichols blamed William Shatner (laughs) for uh, for, um, holding back her groundbreaking role in Star Trek and reducing it. Uh, Shortly after her passing, Shatner put out a tweet saying, I'm so sorry to hear about the passing of Nichelle. She was a beautiful woman and played an admirable character that did so much for redefining social issues, both here in the U S and throughout the world. However, Nichelle wrote in her 1994 memoir beyond Ahura that Shatner was not so eager to cede screen time and storylines to her and other members of the cast. By the end of the first season, her role had been largely reduced. She blamed Shatner calling him an insensitive, hurtful egotist (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and resolved to leave the show before famously being encouraged to stay by none other than Martin Luther, Martin Luther King Jr. So, fuck you, William Shatner. Yeah. Go suck a dick, you fucking asshole. Yeah, he just seemed to be awful to everybody. <laughs> yeah, like rotten hell William Shatner. That's Trek news. Yeah. And she also said uh, um, her mail was withheld from the staff on, on the show as Yeah, well. that's right. Yeah, yeah. They, they yeah. withheld her mail to make it make her feel like she wasn't like being well received Mm, and like remove any kind of bargaining power she had to make it seem like she wasn't received a a well-liked character on the (laughs) show when fucking everyone loved her. She's, she was a fucking smoke show. Yeah. Imagine all the weird, like uncomfortable racist boners. She gave a bunch of evil dudes. Oh, totally. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I mean that, that, that changes culture. Like weird boners change culture guys. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag Pro weird boners. Yeah, yeah that's what, that's boners. why like I love seeing like uh, like hot trans girls in media because there's gonna be some fucking idiots who like watch and like, damn that bitch is hot, and then find out they're trans. Like, but you, but you, could you, I masturbated to that. I can't be. I can't. Wear, maybe trans. I I'm not gay, so maybe <laughs> maybe maybe trans women are women. And you know if they mm-hmm. if they come to the right answer, even if it's in the worst way, it's still the right answer. Right. I feel like most of those dudes though are just gonna like be pissed on the internet. Like, wait. Oh the, yeah, uh, most of the them are gonna write like a one star uh, review and be like, yeah. "This isn't representation. This is politics." Mm-hmm. Like, no, that, that's when they just start complaining about the the woke boogeyman. You know? yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of those dudes out there. <laughs> My mom is not woke. <laughs> no. no. Fucking Sean Harris. <laughs> he says it un-woke can't be woke. Boner. Un-woke, un-woke boner. Hashtag unwoke boners. Mm-hmm. I d- I was getting like, oh, there, there always comes a time where I get a bunch of like right wing Facebook ads at one time, mm-hmm. 
and today it was like one of oh, them. Oh, when you open up your phone? When I opened up my, my phone. <laughs> <laughs> and today one of them was like, woke Patty Murray. <laughs> she won't sign the back the blue. Um, She's a so, fucking like middle of the road liberal. I know, I was just, but it's just so funny. It's just like there's like a whole whole, pa- whole uh, page that like the woke Patty Murray. <laughs> the woke Patty Murray. <laughs> That famous socialist, Patty Murray. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's Trek News. Uh, do you think we should get into what we're watching for the week, my friends? I think we really should. All right. Yeah. Let's do it. So this week, we watched Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. And if you did not like the end of Star Trek Two, there's only one thing I can say to you. The Search for Spock! Hell yeah. Hell to the yes. I want a Spock as well. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. So uh, to, to before we actually get into the meat of the film and the content of the film, I think oh, we should get give, into the uh, meat. All right. Oh, uh, we will. We will. Maybe Bones meat. Maybe Bones bone. <laughs> um, we uh, we should probably talk about the backstory and like the production history of it a little bit. And uh, oh, yeah. to understand this movie fully... I think there's like one very pivotal person we should take a look at, and that's the director, none other than Leonard Nimoy, Mr. Spock himself, the one yeah. we're searching for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So av- after the initial cancellation of Star Trek, the series became a wildly popular cult hit <laughs> in the following years due to its very popular reruns. Realizing the revenue potential of this, Paramount capitalized on the series by producing tons of highly successful merchandise revolving around the show. And of course, the greatest sales come from came from the likeness of the most popular characters. The most popular being none other than Spock, Leonard Nimoy himself. Of course, yeah. is that where they got the that when they released the uh, Spock, Spock helmet? helmet? Yeah, Spock helmet. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. that is exactly that, what. That's yeah. like my dream, man. My dream is finding one of those. I go to a lot of thrift yeah. stores. I go to like I've been going to the flea markets around here in California, mm-hmm. and yeah. like my dream is to find a Spock helmet. Like, <laughs> yeah, I that's don't think there's anything on this earth penis. I want more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well. That would be a fun thing to make, just like smaller Spock helmets that fit on your penis. That would rule. <laughs> that would rule. I would never wear a condom again. I mean, I don't, but I would still never wear a condom again. <laughs> you, could, you, could, you, could, you could sell them as condoms, but like does not prevent disease or pregnancy. Yeah, yeah. Also, maybe uncomfortable. May cause children. loss of circulation. May cause uh-huh. amputation of penis. <laughs> may cause Legionnaire's disease. Bones is like. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he would be into that. Bones is into all sorts of weird dick stuff. Yeah, he is. and his yeah. actually says McCoy on it. Or says Bones. Bones. Um, little Bones. Little. Yeah, it says Little Bones. <laughs> so, however, even though his merchandise was very successful, Paramount didn't pay Nimoy. Uh, Due to this, he launched a lawsuit um, Mm. in the mid-70s demanding the residuals on Spock merch he was owed. It was mostly a private matter, um, but resultantly, Nimoy was publicly reluctant to return to the franchise, including Star Trek Phase Two, in which they replaced him with another Vulcan character. Mm -hmm. Paramount finally settled the lawsuit in the wake of Star Trek The Motion Picture being produced, so Nimoy would return to the series. And he did. Because of this, Harv Bennett, executive producer of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, 
believed Nimoy didn't want to be a part of the franchise, and so this partly motivated Bennett, as well as the rest of the Khan creative team, to choose to kill Spock at the end of the movie. During production, however, Bennett discovered his assumptions were false. Yeah. Although disappointed in the death of Spock, Nimoy recognized how good the storytelling was and okayed it anyway. Knowing he was still in the uh, into doing the role, Bennett got some extra money from Paramount and decided to add a couple scenes, including the Spock mind meld uh, it, right before he died when mm-hmm. he mind melded McCoy and the casket on Genesis. Uh, both were done after production wrapped for the film. Nicholas Meyer, although invited back to direct this film, refused to do so. <laughs> on the director's commentary for The Wrath of Khan, he says, quote, At the time I made Khan, I was dead set against bringing Spock back to life. I just felt it was a big dry hustle of an audience that had invested so much in the character, and I thought, well, that's really unforgivable. Now, maybe I was overreacting, but at the time it seemed to me, this is a tragedy with a tragic ending. And Myers is... I mean, like, on I to get say, that. Yeah. yeah. Like, his movie yeah. is like that, you know? Like, Wrath of Khan yeah. is very much like a tragedy. You know, it, it ends is. on this, like, down note, this epic down note. And it all mm-hmm. builds to that. Like, that's the, the climax of the film, really. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and it's great storytelling. Yeah, totally. Like, reversing mm-hmm. that decision doesn't seem like a good storytelling device. Like, in the end, bringing Sp- Spock back wasn't a bad idea, but, like, I don't know. They shouldn't have killed Spock in the first place, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I think it they, I think in context it works with the two films back to back. It it works. It does I different guess. things. It's fine. You know? They're different yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. But um so this provided an opportunity for Nimoy. He'd long wanted to try his hand at filmmaking and so asked the studio if he could have the t- director position. After convincing Michael Eisner, then head of Paramount and later head of Disney, uh that he was still enthusiastic about playing Spock, he was given the job. The film was given the green light the day after the Wrath of Khan opened. Yeah, Harf Bennett, really who yeah, <laughs> Harf Bennett, who wrote the story and a few treatments of the original Wrath of Khan and was the executive producer, wrote the script for this film. The first script called for the villains to be Romulans, who had set up mining operations on Genesis and were being killed off by a beast that would be revealed to be a rapidly aging Spock. Uh, Although the script was leaked and uh, fans disliked a lot of the things, so Bennett rewrote a whole lot of it. The decision was made to rewrite the antagonist as Klingons, and this is the point in the franchise when Klingons are given a much more structured, honor-based society steeped heavily in Bushido and samurai culture. This is also the film that would see the Klingon language fully developed in its production. Uh, James Doohan wrote a few lines of Klingon we hear in the motion picture, but before that, Klingon's never spoken at all. It's mentioned briefly, though. Um, But they decided to bring in a linguist named Mark Okrand to create the language. Uh, He had initially been brought into uh, Star Trek productions for the previous film, Wrath of Khan, uh, when he helped to flesh out the Vulcan language for the scenes on Vulcan and between Savick and Spock. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And, and didn't he like uh he like rewrote uh or he reworked how the language worked like on set because it was mm-hmm. when the uh when the actors got the lines wrong because it was easier to re 
restructure the language than it was to like get the mm-hmm. actors to say it right <laughs> yeah for in the some most cases, part yeah, or yeah, it sounded yeah. better so he was like mm-hmm. yeah oh, we'll just do it we'll just do we'll it like that. but i think yeah, it's yeah. cool that the language kind of like evolved out of that it's kind of fun yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah pretty rad um as far as other production notes here uh industrial light and magic returned to do effects mm. uh, and they once again reused a lot of things from the previous two films yeah. right and, uh, apparently, uh, like they got in on the uh, the development of the film a lot earlier this time than they did with mm-hmm. Wrath of Khan, um, yeah. which mm-hmm. apparently well, yeah. led to like them having a, a bigger influence in mm-hmm. terms of uh, the overall film. Yeah, because uh, Nick Nicholas Meyer uh, infamously planned out all of the effects beforehand and right. gave them to Industrial Light and Magic to do, and so they were like on a time budget and like you know pretty pretty strictly knew what they had to do. And on this one, they just brought them in at the beginning, and they're like, "Oh, well, what effects do you want to do?" And, and they gave them like a so, script. They were like, "Here's our uh, working script. Like, <laughs> what do you think?" Yeah, yeah. A lot of the spaceships look amazing. They they like, do. Like um, the, the effects you know, in this movie look fucking great. I, I think they look they're awesome. great. But honestly, of the first three films, they're the worst. Yeah. They're easily the worst effects of the first three films. Yeah. I'd say. And they're yeah. they're the most sparse too. I mm-hmm. mean, there's not there's no like checking out the new enterprise scene because the enterprise is all fucked up yeah the uh, yeah. space battle when like the the bird of prey is getting shot you know and that's jerking around Ish, yeah like yeah. the, the um, space and then dock when on the earth. enterprise is destroyed but that looks like dog shit for yeah. the most part out of the, the um, space dock on earth though looks fucking sick that model yeah. was like six feet tall apparently yeah but that, that was the same model as the last film mm-hmm. so like no they created know. a new one for this film the they, the earth space dock yeah they did mm. Yeah. Oh, did they? Yeah, because it's like the same design as the old one. It is the same design, but they built a new like oh, it's just bigger model one? for it. Okay, because yeah. it looks yeah. like the same. Like it, I mean, yeah, the old I was like not sure if it was the same or, or not, but like apparently they did. They built like a whole new new model for it, and then then the scene. Why like, the old one looked amazing? Like yeah, this yeah. one doesn't look as good. I think like, it looks better. I think it looks. Great. I, don't I don't think know. so. Well, that's what, they didn't have too much of the insides either, did they? But they have, they have the part where they're like entering the mm-hmm. space dock, right? So that yeah. space dock model was apparently like it was like 15 feet across or some shit. It was really really big, mm, and like they had to like keep the lights at a certain like uh, brightness in order to prevent like the model from melting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a whole wow. dude. The Wikipedia page for this like goes so deep into like how the effects were done. It's like it's insane. It got so dense that I literally fell asleep reading it last night and like woke up an hour <laughs> later and was like, the fuck. This is like this is so dense about these models and the fucking mm-hmm. lights and the temperature and shit. All these, all the lights in the model. So apparently in the in the in the like space dock or not sorry not mm-hmm. the space dock the, the actual like the big like outside shot. Um, so that thing didn't have a bunch of individual lights because it would have taken them forever to uh, to like plug in like fifteen thousand little lights. So it has mm-hmm. like a uh, it's built out of plexiglass, right? So they can just light mm-hmm. the inside of it. Uh, but the uh. The inner model is not like that. It actually does have a bunch of like little tiny lights wired into it. So it was a lot more complicated, but it's interesting. So so on the original space dock, the the way they made the light effect is they actually just sprayed the entire thing with paint and then scratched off little windows. <laughs> they painted it with white first yeah. and then they painted it over with silver and scratched it off and so the little windows are white. Oh, that's yeah. really smart. But it looks amazing. Like it does. Yeah, I think it looks, it looks better than this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, I like this one. I think it's fun. I mean, it's fine. It's just like the effects in here, just like the effects on the first two, I watch them and I'm like, this looks great. And this one, I'm mm. like, this looks fine. I mean, there's yeah. there's no points where I'm like, I mean, I guess like the Klingon Bird of Prey, but I'm pretty sure that's the same model as the first two films. 
Yeah, no, it definitely felt more like an episode than than a the, than a movie. The Bird of yeah. Prey is a new one, uh, though. That model, really? that Bird of Prey, it model doesn't does look as. I mean, it point. looks the same, or it the, doesn't. Like, well, there was more details when the close-ups. You could see like it was a different model with like. Yeah. I mean, more detail than the first one because, like, I'm pretty at least sure. like the the, yeah, the top definitely. shot in the first film is insanely detailed. So yeah, so know. the Bird of Prey. So apparently, like this this design is new, and apparently they came up with the design because Leonard Nimoy was like like doing like a bird <laughs> pose and he was like, I want it to look like this. And he's like mm-hmm. doing this. And they, apparently he came up with the idea for it and they modeled it after like mm-hmm. bodybuilders, like lifting yeah, things. Do, and so yeah, it was yeah, supposed like that. Yeah. It was supposed wow. to be like, it was supposed to look like that. And, uh, apparently yeah, that so stanced up. So I'm going to say they should have just reused stuff from the first two films. Cause like when they reuse the stuff from the first film and the second film, it looks amazing. Like, I don't know. I, I, I really like, the but they were pretty. It was pretty. I mean, they. I think they got all they could from. Well, and also they they reused the Klingon bird of prey from the first two films all the way up through like the mid nineties. Yeah. For for different Star Trek shit. So like, I mean, the models are obviously still great, and I don't know if they reused like. I mean, they, oh, they I think reused, reused the space dock. So no, um, so from from this one, they reused mm-hmm. a ton of those models. So the the mm-hmm. the model for the USS Grissom. And the model for the Excelsior. I hate that model. Mm-hmm. We're I both, hate the Grissom. We're both reused for many, Excelsior's many episodes fine. of mm. TNG and DS9. Mm. Um, so they gotcha. were used a bunch. Actually. Were they ever used for films again? Or just... uh, films? I don't know. But yeah, they were reused yeah. in the shows for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, look, the yeah. model work in this, in this uh, film in particular really got a lot of reuse later on in the series. Um, yeah. And the, yeah. The effects uh, were actually critically very divisive. Yeah. A lot of people were like, oh, they're good. A lot of people were like, oh, they're bad. Uh, universally, though, it was regarded as not as good as the first two. I think that's super um, interesting because, like, in watching these, like, we watched them, like, one after another. Like, I'll be honest, like, this one is, I like the effects in this one much more than Wrath of Khan. I, I think they look way better. I really I like the look of this movie. highly disagree. <laughs> and they're definitely, like, the, yeah. the effects on the first one are easily the best. Probably of the first six track films. Yeah, the, like, the first one is amazing. The first one does look yeah, really good. The first one is just fantastic. They took yeah. they took their fucking time. It looks so good. Yeah, and the butthole V'ger. Oh, we love the butthole. Man, it looks, looked, it looked awesome. I was like, how do they do that? Awesome, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, James Horner was brought back to do music. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, it's a good score. I mean... It's not as good as uh, Khan, in my opinion. Not as good as the motion picture, in my opinion. But it fits. It fits mm-hmm. well. There's some good themes here and there, for sure. Yeah, he expands upon um, uh, Spock's theme um, a lot. Mm-hmm. And does he, he, does some, he does some silly stuff with Spock's theme. Like, <laughs> one time when they mention Spock, it goes... <laughs> and just does like a, a just a like a pan flute comes out of nowhere. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. It's so romantic. <laughs> it's like... well. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like the this movie is like Kirk being in love with Spock, and they they do like a yeah. love theme for Spock. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. So let's uh, let's let's dive right into the meats. Um, yeah, Search for Spock released yeah. on June twenty first, nineteen eighty four. Uh, was in production for two years. Written by Harv Bennett. Uh, was the also the producer of the film, executive producer of the former film. Uh, directed by Leonard Nimoy, as we mentioned, and music by James Horner. We open with Spock's dying scene from the previous films, or from the previous film, rather. Uh, and then shots of Genesis. It's got as this the like, opening blue, credits play. 
blue tone over it though. So it's like yeah, yeah, it's this weird screen that they put over it, and blue. it's also like it's also like in a small picture thing too. It's it's a weird directorial decision. I don't know yeah, why. And they was did it. Yeah, and the audio was kind of distorted too, wasn't it? I think I it remember. was like it was like playing on a screen or something, or yeah. like we were watching like a playback of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was supposed to be like a playback because later they check oh, shitty yeah. security camera videos and they look like goddamn dog shit. Yeah, which is surprising. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's something like <laughs> yeah, that. we can fly through the through space and. But. but we still use fucking <laughs> Betamax fucking yeah, security the, cameras. Well, my favorite part about that scene in particular is like uh, Kirk's in that room and you can hear the like tapes rewinding. Yeah, and it's, it's amazing. It's so loud. It's so and good. it's like, why would they have tapes? Like, mm-hmm. Well, it's funny. They, they don't know any better. This is 84, man. Yeah, they're like, just that taking was what they knew. technology. But, but it is funny. They can conceive of these interstellar spaceships, but mm. like improving audio techno audio and video <laughs> they technology can't they can't, they can't like, think. here's how the trans warp drive works but uh what did you say a digital versatile disc yeah that no. doesn't make any sense no, like know. no we're still going to be using tapes all the way into <laughs> 24th century yeah absolutely uh, that's the future i want honestly yeah, so <laughs> after opening credits we get captain's log uss enterprise captain's personal log Kirk, of course. Uh, with most of our battle damage repaired, we are almost home. Yet I feel uneasy, and I wonder why. Perhaps it's the emptiness of the vessel. Most of our trainee crew has been reassigned. Lieutenant Savick and my son, David, are exploring the Genesis planet, which he helped create. David and Enter- and uh, Enterprise feels like a house with all the children gone. <laughs> no, more empty even than that. The death of Spock is like an open wound. It seems I have left the noblest part of myself back there on that newborn planet. Oh, yeah. Noblest part of himself is Spock. Yeah. He's got his cum. Yeah. Yeah, there's a little part that fit right into him that's oh, gone yeah. now. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> yeah, Spock's the noblest part of him, but like Spock didn't choose him to like carry his soul or whatever. So like. Mm-hmm. He's cum. Yeah, he's I don't cum. know. I don't know. Yeah. It says a lot <laughs> about our society. <laughs> We do, yeah, indeed. Uh, we join the Enterprise, which is headed back towards the Earth directly after the battle with Khan and the death of Spock. They I like. Do... I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. I do really like that this movie just starts like immediately after the mm-hmm. events of Wrath of Khan. Like that's yeah. that's a thing I don't feel like movies do that often anymore. Like I've only mm-hmm. seen it a few yeah. times with movies. Like Back to the Future is like I the mean, only it's, other. It's, I feel like it's difficult storytelling unless right. you actually plan it beforehand. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, mm-hmm. it can be kind of clumsy, like this movie. I think wasn't like the the Hobbit trilogy. I didn't see the third one, but didn't the, the... I think they just kind of made it up. Yeah. yeah well, they just, they uh, immediately started directly after the yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But that was yeah. That was the made up story thing. Yeah. yeah. I never. Uh-huh. I never. Uh, I never watched the third Hobbit movie either. That sucks. Me either. Don't, don't yeah. Like, I was, after the I was, second one, I was just like, I'm exhausted by this. I don't, <laughs> Yeah. Plus, yeah, it's funny that they're trying to turn the Hobbit into like like a Lord of the Rings style epic, and it's just like didn't work. It's like, dude, it's like a goofy kids book. Like, you should just make Mm -hmm. a goofy movie, you know? Yeah, like Like, literally make a bumble around and get their asses kicked. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, the goofy movie, but with hobbits. Exactly. Like, I mean, (laughs) I'm Tom Bombadil. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, yeah, th- there needs to be, you know, they're making this Lord of the Rings show on Amazon. They, they should make a Tom ba- Bombadil show. Like, that's they what should. people want. Yeah. The, yeah, the one guy that smokes weed. Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. Smokes weed and is like a weird uh, forest pervert. 
you know? One of us. Has one of us. Has either come or bird shit in his face or his hair. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. It's it's urine. He does urine therapy. Yeah, what oh, was UT. that on his, in his face? Was UT. it was it bird shit? It was UT urine therapy, dried urine. It's all oh, salty. It? it looks Ugh. like salt. Yeah, yeah. Um, it dries. It looks so like salt. we're getting we're the getting Enterprise <laughs> is due for some essential repairs on their ship, which was badly damaged in the battle against Khan. Two hours away from Earth space dock, Captain Kirk asked Chekhov to take over Spock's old post, the science station, otherwise known as looking at scanners. Oh, yeah. For the uh, pre-approach scan, he gives him a look Kurt, too. He's like, "Oh, oh!" Everybody's so bummed out about Spock being dead, and you can yeah. tell the ship is mm-hmm. damaged because there's that big black mark on the on the wall behind them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. It's like, yeah, yeah something just blew up right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirk <laughs> asks Ahura if there has been any contact made regarding an inquiry he made to Starfleet on Project Genesis, and she replies, "There hasn't been a response yet." Scotty calls up Kirk, saying uh, automation will be ready in time for docking, and the Enterprise can be repaired (laughs) in approximately two weeks. Mm -hmm. Kirk mentions that Scotty always multiplies his repair estimates by four in order to make himself look good. Kirk gets up to leave the bridge and gives the command to Sulu. Yeah, so like, (laughs) sorry, Scotty says at that point, he's like, "How how do you think I keep my reputation as a miracle worker? It's, it's really good. I, I, I like that Scotty scene. I like him like smiling and like, I think he does a thumbs up. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He seems, he seems very high this entire yeah. movie. Yeah. Totally got over his nephew's death. Oh, yeah. Just yeah, like, yeah, oh, like, oh, Peter. <laughs> oh yeah. Fuck Peter. You yeah. don't give a fuck about Peter. I'm not a miracle. I'm a miracle worker, but I can't raise motherfuckers from the dead. Yeah. I like that um, they, uh, they like, they pick up immediately after the events of Wrath of Khan, but like some plot threads are just like, eh, yeah, know. I just forgot about him. It's just about I'm more bummed about Spock. He's my friend. Like Carol Marcus, where'd she go? Uh, she found a new husband. <laughs> she found um, a new husband. So Foster uh, and Ensign asks if they'll be greeted with a hero's welcome on their return, and Kirk is skeptical that they will, regardless of their sacrifice. Uh, and uh, Pat very maybe racistly pointed out that this guy was in an episode of um, Fresh Prince, Prince of Bel-Air. Bel-Air. And he, but he was only on one episode. And I'm like, yeah, are you sh- sure you didn't just get lucky with that? <laughs> no, I remembered his face. Sure, sure, okay. Sure. Uh, so uh, then Kirk cries in a turbo lift about Spock for like a second. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he kind of has like the moment where he just kind of like breaks down. He's like, uh, elsewhere in space, we have a civilian, probably Federation freighter. <coughs> and there's like a captain there, but um, also a Klingon woman giving him directions on mm-hmm. on the uh, freighter. Not very uh, suddenly out of nowhere. Not very pronounced forehead ridges on the Klingon woman. No, at first I wasn't aware she was a Klingon until yeah. I remembered the whole thing. So yeah, I'm, well, was there any other? I mean, there was female, yeah, females, female Klingons. Before this, I don't know. I don't think there yeah, was. Yeah, because I'm wondering right? if like they were just like, oh, well, maybe the women have like less pronounced. That, that actually that might make sense because oh. this was a slight redesign from the previous movie as well. She, she they keep redesigning half, the Klingons. She could be half Klingon. Oh, she yeah. could be. Yeah. Like Bolana yeah, Torres yeah, I mean, got the less pronounced forehead ridges. After true. Mm-hmm. And Kalar. Dude. Oh yeah, yeah. Fucking Worf's dead wife. Mm-hmm. Susie Susie Plankton. Yeah, we'd love a dead wife. <laughs> She was killed by oh, it wasn't Goron. It was the other guy who wanted to be emperor, right, or whatever. 
It was on that episode, right? When they were like mediating the two guys who wanted to be fucking the head of the Klingon Empire. It was Go Ron and the other motherfucker. Go Ron. I think. So, I mean, yeah, Go Ron. Yeah. I might be. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, uh, so. You, you know you know that in the fucking, in the future, in the 24th century, you know that there's motherfuckers, motherfucking like humans that have like a fetish for like coming on the Klingon forehead ridges. Like you oh, know that. Yeah. Like it's definitely. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. it's it's the name of the that's the name of the site. Like, come on my ridges. <laughs> Ridge cum dot triple x. Uh, just ridges uh, dot. I'm gonna search if that exists. You know, that's a, I feel that's like a million dollar idea. Like if that that that's yeah like a million gold pressed Latinum idea. Yeah, there you go. I feel like this would be started into production. Mm-hmm. For sure. The day after <laughs> Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, on the battle cruiser, we've got this female Klingon, uh, Valkyris, who is um, giving orders to this human guy. And suddenly, out of nowhere, a fucking uh, a Klingon battle cruiser just appears. Um, comes out of, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, cloak. Cloak. There you go. Mm-hmm. What's the bird of prey? Um, it's Klingon bird of prey. Yeah, it's Klingon mm-hmm. Klingon bird of prey comes out of cloak, um, and uh, we can see briefly on the screen that the data that uh, Valkyris is looking at has to do with Project Genesis, the terraforming project weapon used or turned weapon used in the previous film. Um, uh, she communicates with the battle cruiser, and on there is her lover Krug, who is uh, captaining the vessel, and he is played. By none other than Christopher Lloyd. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. And he is wonderful. So He's apparently fucking... he was a huge fan of uh, the series, um, but, you know, he was already a very popular actor at that point. Mm-hmm. And so was his character in Taxi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, initially they were very hesitant to cast him because this is pre, you know, Back to the Future before he was super well-known. He was well, just well-known for Taxi. Also, uh, Leonard Nimoy mm-hmm. really wanted to cast Edward James Olmos. And, yes, like, he oh, did. And the awesome. studio really uh, wanted... Really wanted mm-hmm. uh, Christopher Lloyd and so like they were trying to like the studio was like really pushing hard for Lloyd and he eventually like cast Lloyd specifically because he felt like he was more physically imposing uh mm-hmm. in the role and I, yeah um what's his face the uh Bennett the producer actually didn't want to cast uh Edward James Olmos because he was too short hmm. and uh not very physically imposing and Nemo's like no we can put him on platform shoes and shit and, like hmm. Yeah, Plus, so. uh, Christopher Lloyd was also released in 1984. He was in um, Buckaroo Bonsai Across the Eighth Dimension. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, that's a yeah. great film. I yeah. mean, it's not. It's a confusing <laughs> film, I, but it's I fun. love it. But it's yeah, fun, was, but it's like, what? He was what uh, John, Big Bo- John Big Booty. Yeah. Um, awesome. Anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. So imagine, though, an Edward James Olmos fucking Cruz would be sick. Like, fucking yeah. Adama could be as but, Cruz that would have been tight like Lloyd is awesome though. I'm not I'm not saying yeah but, but but that's the thing is like Lloyd kills this role yeah. I love him as the role I think he like definitely helped flesh out like how Klingons behave definitely. because he's like a little less uh, I mean he's still very warlike in here but he's not just like wanton bloodlust he actually has like reasons for what he's doing mm. unlike the Klingons we really see before so um so Valkyris uh, transmits the uh, data over to Krug and admits to having seen the data. And Krug, valuing secrecy over his relationships, subtly tells Valkyris that she must die to protect this information. 
Uh, and then we go. One of us must be in the wreckage, brother. Uh, yeah, yeah does does one of those, and she she accepts her fate. And like the human captain is like, "Hey, when are we getting paid?" And she's like, "Oh, you'll get your reward very soon." And then the fucking uh, Klingon bird of prey just blasts it out of the fucking sky, space, whatever. And, he, like, um, and the entire his... crew and just kills everybody. Yeah, and then he like pets his weird little space dog thing. His dog <laughs> rules. His <laughs> dog the is targ. The, yeah, the targ. It's disgusting. Yeah. It like it looks like a dog that got, just got set on fire that was made of plastic <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah, it's like they set a dog on fire then just like covered it in Vaseline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's the yeah. wettest animal I think I've ever seen. It is so moist. But he has such affection for it. Yeah. He does. He's like. I love you, moist I mean, boy. We'll get to it, but Come I definitely felt emotions. Uh-huh. Yeah, get when, your, like get some of your connection. moisture on me, boy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he'd be the wettest dog I've ever seen. <laughs> so <laughs> I like that you're doing a pirate voice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I am the Christopher. I'm Christopher Lloyd. We've got to go back, Marty. <laughs> We've got to go back. <laughs> We've got to go to cowboy Marty. times, Marty. <laughs> We've got to go back to the future. And uh, oh, now I'm doing Scotty <laughs> doing the impression of that. Okay. I'm going too far here. Oh, it's too much. Um, so Enterprise now reaches Earth space dock and observes the uh, USS Excelsior, part of the Federation's great experiment which is what i did with boys in college <laughs> um but it's uh their project at an attempt to create trans warp drive which is a theoretical warp drive that breaks uh conventional rules of matter and antimatter drives mm-hmm. yeah and it's also a uh, blog uh written by uh one of our fans uh anna hudak concerning mm. gender issues in sci-fi and fantasy cool uh, Sulu is super impressed with the ship, but Scotty isn't very impressed. And then the Enterprise talks, like I did with boys in college. <laughs> uh, and then it shows uh, Janice Rand watching them dock, who apparently mm-hmm. was on TOS. Thanks for pointing that out, Patrick. Yeah. I had no Ooh, idea who the fuck that was. She was, she, she was also in, yeah, she was also in um, motion pictures. She's also in, um, also showed, she eventually got her own command. Oh yeah, yeah. She was the she was also yeah she was the one running the transporter in the motion picture when the people got turned inside. Right, right, right. She got a wet pussy. (laughs) Uh So that scene of like the Enterprise going in and there's all the like cadets watching them and you can like see it come in uh, from like the window or whatever in the space dock. Uh, Uh That scene is just like very burned into my brain as like a kid watching that. Like, Mm -hmm. whoa, so many scenes. Okay, I do have a a wet pussy. I'm I'm. I gotta, I gotta come clean. I gotta disclose some things, okay? I have. You gotta come clean. So you're talking, uh, vac- unvaccinated come? Oh no no, <laughs> uh, come clean is uh, a puddle of muds debut album with she fucking. Oh, yeah, yeah. But if you're gonna come clean, you're to be clean. It has to be unvaccinated. Come. Oh right. Uh, what what bones wants? Right. Yes. Uh, he wants to have. Yes. He, he can't be back. <laughs> uh, no no. no, so, no. so like, I, I have nostalgic affection for this movie. I do. It clouds me. Mm-hmm. It clouds my vision on this movie because it, it's. I watched it a lot as a kid, like so many times. And like watching it now, I haven't seen it in probably like 20 years at least. And like mm-hmm. watching it now, it was like so intensely nostalgic for so many reasons. Like, mm-hmm. and that scene in particular is, is really one. And apparently, like there was a lot of work put into that scene from a special effects perspective. It, really? They, they were using. It didn't look amazing. I know. Which is just funny. But, hey, it was 1984. It was, it was fine. Different time. It was a different time. Different time. But no, there was amazing scenes in fucking Star Trek, the motion picture, like amazing. 
But like what they so were doing, they, that was five years prior. What they like, were doing with the blue screen stuff was still relatively early at the time. So they were using blue screen. They're oh, also using, that makes sense. Okay, so they well, were actually using some computerized stuff in this. Yes, and so they were also using okay. motion tracking, mm. which uh, 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 what's his name Zemeckis used in Back to the Future the next year. Um, mm -hmm. Or sorry, Back to the Future two two years later. Um, but yeah, they, so it, they they were using a lot of like cutting edge effects at the time. That being said, you're right. It doesn't it doesn't look great now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, it's just funny that like at the time that was considered like relatively high level. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so after they dock, Chekhov notes that somebody has entered Spock's quarters, and Uhura says that the room's doors were sealed, but somebody forced them open. Kirk goes to investigate, flanked by two security guards that are wearing the old security outfits with like helmets Dude, and shit. Dude, they're wearing the Spock helmets. They're wearing Spock helmets. I mean, they're they're more like leather helmets. Yeah, they're, they're like, like leather old, Spock old... helmets. Yeah, those are the same security um, outfits from the motion picture that the the guys are wearing. Yeah, yeah, and they just look dumb as fuck. Dude, the um, helmets. Yeah, they look. look yeah, they so look like they're. Goofy. <laughs> yeah, they're about to play old timey football. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like... that's that's correct. Yes, <laughs> like leatherheads with George Clooney, <laughs> um, John Krasinski too, Jim Halpert. Oh yeah, yeah. Damn it, Jim. <laughs> um, I'll take it. So uh, Kirk enters the room, which is like someone just like broke the glass in the room, and there was just like police tape over the room yeah. for some reason. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel like that's overkill. Like, why would they need police tape? Over? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. most people, like, why would like, anyone no died go in into his quarters? Yeah, right? And well, yeah, why do they have police tape there? Yeah. Well, why? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, very confusing. I mean, if it's, if it's, yeah, it's, I mean. Just to, like, put a sign on there, like, please don't enter, like, out of respect or something. Or, like, yeah. People don't, people know not to go in other people's rooms. It's a goddamn starship. Yeah, and just start rifling like, around people, in there. Yeah, no like, just because he's dead, you can't go in there and, like, take all his fucking <laughs> stuff. Like, everybody knows that. Mm. So, uh, Kirk enters the room, and he sees a figure obscured in shadows. And hears what he thinks is the voice of Spock telling him, Jim, help me. You left me on Genesis. Why did you do that? <laughs> Help me. And uh, Kirk grabs the shadowy figure and turns it around to be none other than B -b 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 Bones McCoy. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, and then he's like saying some shit about Mount Sayala on Vulcan um, before saying, remember, and then passing out. He's uh, sundowning, unfortunately. Uh, he's uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> wait, like, wait, what I is I have a son that looks like you. <laughs> what uh, is sundowning? What? I've never heard it's that. Uh, like, you know, it's what Brandon's going through right now. Yeah, it's, like, wow. it's the 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 the, the latter years of Brandon, uh, remembering yeah. anything. It's like when the sun goes down and they start to, you know, start to be a little like, <laughs> not all, not all the way there. Yeah, a little dementia patient. Yeah, he's, so. he's a little Brandon in this. Yeah, a little he's a little Brandon in this. <laughs> Star Trek the search for Brandon. <laughs> um, exactly. Uh, so uh, Kirk calls medical to take the passed out bones, bones away. Next, uh, we go to Fleet Admiral Morrow. Uh, and uh, they're all hanging out, I think, in like one of the torpedo bays or something. Mm. He's the commander of Starfleet, and he enters uh, the Enterprise. Uh, and says thanks for handling the con situation so well, and that all the crew are going to be given the highest commendation possible, and 
better than that, bonus shore leave. It's kind of funny. Did he handle the con situation so well? Because the con situation was entirely his fault for neglect. Yes. So he created the situation. Yeah, correct. And then lots of people died. And as a result. Then they created a new planet that's like a a big political bullshit thing which mm-hmm. he says in just like two yeah. seconds but so, yeah uh, so get, handing out accommodation seems kind of uh, it's a little strange yeah. also this scene <laughs> is like so, failing upward the scene is like so unprofessional like he's like giving mm-hmm. people new assignments like in front of other people and they're like kind of like mm-hmm. arguing back a little bit oh, spe- speaking mm-hmm. of which um so uh he's giving everyone bonus shore leave except for scotty yeah who has been promoted to the rank of captain and will serve as chief engineer of the excelsior so no no command of a ship, but you're still the chief engineer, but just of a ship you don't want to be on. The captain engineer. Yeah. Captain engineer. <laughs> he, he calls him like uh, commander of engineering or something. It's weird. It's like mm-hmm. it's, he doesn't call him chief engineer. It, I yeah. forget what it was, but it, it's odd. Mm-hmm. So um, Morrow tells him that the Enterprise – oh, sorry. Although Scotty appreciates this, he says he's he'd rather remain on the Enterprise for its refit. Morrow tells him the Enterprise isn't going to be refitted, but instead it's going to be fucking decommissioned. Kirk protests this decision, uh, like right there in front of everybody, but Morrow tells him the ship is 20 years old and due to be retired. Kirk expresses his hope to fly the Enterprise back to Genesis, but Morrow tells him it is out of the question as Genesis, in Kirk's absence, has become a galactic controversy. Which I don't really know what that meant in his absence, like... How long did it take him to get back? And shit? Yeah, yeah. It's it's like they're not very unclear on the passage of time. Like, yeah, was it two weeks? Mm-hmm. <laughs> was it five years? Right. Who knows? Um. So he forbids the crew to discuss Genesis, and leaves it at that. He says, "Uh, like as far as we're concerned, uh, you can't discuss this, and uh, it's a forbidden planet." So back with the Klingons entirely. Hmm. Back with the Klingons on their bird of prey, Krug and his right-hand men, Maltz and Torn, are pouring over the data on Project Genesis. They use the Project Genesis video from Wrath of Khan, but this time (laughs) it has Kirk narrating instead of his uh, former booty call. So they get a lot Mm -hmm. of mileage out of that footage. They show a clip of it earlier with the uh, Mm -hmm. when when the Romulan, or sorry, when the Klingon woman is on the ship, and then they show the, Mm -hmm. the full clip here again. Which is great. I, mm-hmm. I love seeing well, him get mileage yeah. out of it. You know? And w- once again, this this was the very first uh, fully computer generated uh, thing put on film on a major uh, picture, yeah. major release film back in '82 mm-hmm. uh, for Wrath of Khan, mm-hmm. and it looks it looks still pretty good for what it is. Yeah, know? I mean, it, it probably cost a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, you know? so yeah. Like now, anyone can do it on their own, on their home on their phone. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the Klingons are impressed with the technology, but Krug hates the idea of the Federation creating their own planets. He decides to travel to Genesis to collect as much information as possible on the project. I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, what what is what is uh uh the Federation do? They start making you know the Scottish planets, the oh, Irish planets, the worst. <laughs> like, that. Yeah, that. So that's yeah, that's that's what happens. I mean, he was the man was correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Krug did nothing wrong. Krug did nothing wrong. <laughs> Krug, like Khan, Krug, like Khan, sees the Genesis Project more as an incredibly powerful weapon than a means of creating life. He tells Korg, uh, he tells, it says Borg here. What, who's it supposed to be? 
Oh, he tells Torg? Torg. Torg. Yeah. Torg, yeah. Torg, yeah, Torg is one of his dudes. Okay, yeah. The other time, it, it, it fucking auto-corrected it to Torn, so I'm yeah. all fucked up but here. Natalie so there's Brugia? Torg and Maltz. Yeah, Torg and Maltz. Yeah, Mal- yeah. And, and Maltz is played by John Lorraquette from Night Court fame. We love that. So he tells... Yeah. <laughs> he tells Torg they will seize the secret of the weapon to preserve the Klingon race. They're speaking English here, which I don't really understand because yeah. in the first scene they were speaking entirely Klingon. And this happens throughout the <laughs> yeah, film. They, like, they just go back, back and, and forth, forth between, yeah. <laughs> regardless of if it's Klingons talking to Klingons or Klingons talking to humans. I'd oh. understand if it was just Klingons talking to Klingons, if they mm-hmm. only spoke in Klingon. And then when they're talking to humans, they spoke only in English. But it's not like that at all. How I interpret the scene, uh-huh. like when it first introduced them when they were speaking Klingon, is because there was humans in the in the vicinity, so of course they wouldn't understand. Right. But then, like when the Klingons are by themselves, mm-hmm. I think it's supposed to be that they're speaking Klingon, but they're just speaking English for the viewer's benefit. Right. I don't like. That. Yeah, that, that's that's what I <laughs> that's, that's like, what I interpreted as well. But that's, then that's they break the, those the problem rules. is that's assuming your fucking fan base is dumb. Yeah, but but they break <laughs> those rules later on because yeah. later on in the movie, yeah. the the Klingons don't understand like the uh, the countdown on the ship, and but Cruz does, yeah. and so it implies that he can speak English for some reason. Which <laughs> it's like, wait, yep. what? Well, I mean, he does. He, he does. He does speak English <laughs> to them. But to, is that to, the universal I mean, translator? Is he speaking Klingon yeah, we don't or English? Know. Yeah, That's like, the problem yeah. is they, they, there's no rules here. Like if there was yeah. rules at all and they weren't completely inconsistent about it, yeah. I'd be fine with it, but they're completely inconsistent yeah. about it. Because there is a scene where they are speaking English by themselves, just Klingons, mm-hmm. and then yell there's, something in Klingon. Exactly. And yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah. Like, right. just give us some damn rules, won't exactly. you? Exactly. I was very confused. Mm-hmm. Indeed. <laughs> uh, so now we're back on another Starfleet vessel, the USS Grissom, which uh, I autocorrected to USS Jism. <laughs> you, you, um, just, you just type that word so much. Yeah, yeah it was <laughs> it was a suggested word. I'm like, well, yeah, of course. So this, like typing Jason, you mean Jism? Right. Uh, yeah. Well, because <laughs> you say that's what I call him. Yeah, that's what I call him. Jism. So the USS Grissom is named after an astronaut that Jism. died in the first uh, mm-hmm. uh, Apollo 1. Uh, it was like a test uh, launch or something. Um, God, Jism is a really unfortunate name. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. Mm. Yeah, he was killed killed with uh, two other people. Yeah, but they, well, they only yeah. named it after him. Yeah. Mm, he was know. the coolest one. Yeah. They all miss him the most. He was the yeah. one who got the most. <laughs> he, had, he had the coolest name. <laughs> the other two were nerds. Yeah. <laughs> so. We're not going to name this uh, shit after on... nerd. Yeah, <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> uh, so we're on the USS Jism where Captain JT Esteban is signing something while giving orders. I hate this. We're still fucking signing <laughs> things. We're still. Every single movie, it has a captain signing something. And this will never stop bothering me. It's because the captain. He needs to approve all the things that happen on the ship. Exactly. He doesn't have to do it with a signature. A signature in the future is the thing that makes least sense to confirm your identity. I mean, they're still like working off of 1984 technology, so they that's don't. That's the problem. They yeah. don't. They don't. There's no uh, that, thumbprints. That's the thing. And you were talking about this. It's it's funny how like they can like foresee like a future with like trans warp drive, but yeah. like you know, fucking like. TV oh, suck. We're going to need signatures in fucking 300 years from now. Mm. Why would you need signatures 300 years from now? <laughs> it's a bad technology that's based on cursive, which is a worse technology. Like, 
You know, but maybe he's not signing paper. He's signing like a pad. Well, it wasn't paper. There was no paper on there. It was like a pad, but like it wasn't like a computer pad. It was kind of like opaque a little bit. So you could see it was just mm-hmm. like a plastic pad with like some designs on it. Like it's, it looked like dry, stickers. This is a dry erase board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to practice my cursive. All right. There you go. Take it away. Um, or maybe, you know, maybe he's just coloring. Maybe it's not even signing something. It's not an official ooh, thing. That's a good point. Yeah. He that's could just point. be using, doing an adult coloring book. Yeah. You're right. He's like, this calms <laughs> me down. I have anxiety. Yeah. So, uh, Savick, we have a return of Savick here, the Vulcan babe Savick. And, but mm-hmm. here it's played by Robin Curtis instead of Kirstie Alley, mm-hmm. uh, who was unavailable for the project due to her commitment to a film called Blind Date that also starred Marina Sirtis. Oh. Interesting. Uh, I also heard uh, that, like, because uh, her contract for Wrath of Khan didn't stipulate anything about sequels. She was able to negotiate mm. a new contract. So when they tried to hire her for this film, she asked for too much money and they were like, nah. <laughs> Bummer. Yeah. Get this other broad. Um, so also with her is Kirk's son, David, played by the same guy we saw in the last film, Mr. Mm-hmm. Twinkie Twink Twink Twink. <laughs> nope. um, so they're at the Genesis planet uh, in the jism, scanning the surface. During scans of the biosphere, the sensors pick up Spock's torpedo tube casket shown at the very end of Wrath of Khan. And as a life form reading, they're unable to identify. David and Savick try to convince Captain Esteban to allow them to beam the life form aboard, but he won't let them, saying that regulations uh, won't let them um, beam anything aboard until the risk of containment or uh, contamination is contained. Which I'm wondering, like, why don't they beam it into a containment field? Right. Yeah. Like they have containment fields on board and med bay and shit. Also, they could... the biofilters that are in the transporter would yeah, remove right. the contaminant any dangerous contaminations. Mm-hmm. So it's like we're past the decam- decom- decontamination gel. Part <laughs> of, uh, yeah, it's it's super weird. I don't understand it, but yeah. whatever. Um, so they decide to go down as an away team to investigate, yeah. which he reluctantly allows because. Captain Esteban, I got to say here, he's a bitch. But also it's like... He's a bitch. So we can't risk yeah. the contamination of beaming the thing on. So why don't we just beam you guys down and get contaminated? Yeah, yeah. We'll bring <laughs> you and back, then bring you and back. It'll be fine. For yeah, reasons. it'll be fine. So <laughs> Captain JT Esteban is a bitch. I think we can all agree yeah, on that. Yeah, he sucks, yeah. man. He's just that guy's like, terrible. Yeah. I don't want to. Like, yeah, so... Yeah. Hate him. So what a loser. Now we're back on Earth at Kirk's apartment with him, Sulu, Chekhov, and Ahura, and their fits are fire. Yeah, all dude, they all look insane. Fucking, yeah. Kirk, Kirk is wearing like the most 80s tracksuit I've ever dude, seen. It's I want wild. that tracksuit. Like it's pretty sick. situation, and mm-hmm. there's like a zip. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's intense. It's a lot. There's a lot. And Uhura's uh, necklace is pretty awesome. Yeah. It's oh. like giant gold thing yeah. that takes up her entire chest. Some <laughs> disco shit. So uh, they're drinking alcohol. Kirk is doing shots. Mm-hmm. And they're doing a toast to absent friends. After which Kirk reveals to his senior officers that the Enterprise is due to be decommissioned. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, McCoy is at home, sedated, <laughs> but promises to behave himself. <laughs> The doorbell rings and Kirk answers, but is surprised when instead of Scotty, who he expects, it turns out to be Sarek, Spock's father. Sarek is a big dick motherfucker, and he is fucking. Oh yeah, he's slinging Vulcan movie. dick. Yeah. Oh my god, Sarek <laughs> is so awesome. 
Yeah, he's he's one of the high points of this movie for sure. Like him and Christopher Lloyd kill it in yeah, this film. For They're sure. very good. Like he definitely he just has that like imposing, like epic Vulcan nature. I don't know. He he's rad. He's rad in this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Repi- reprising his role from the single uh, original series ep- uh, episode that he was featured in. Mm-hmm. And he goes on to be in TNG and everything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple sex tapes I have too. <laughs> oh yeah, <I> <laughs> that's what the that's what those were. Yep. You think Vulcans <laughs> have like weird balls? They have a lot of cum in their balls. <laughs> yeah, they have a lot of cum in their because they they, they have yeah. ponfar only once every seven years. <laughs> That's so much, and cum. so yeah, their balls get so much cum. But in they seven. do have regular sex. They can, yeah. but they have to have sex. So they have separate balls for the ponfar. Oh, do you think that like which a, they have like to empty like, every seven years? Maybe they have two balls. One like of their legs ball? just fills up with yeah. cum. <laughs> you, you think they have like <laughs> sure. They have like two balls by default, and then like during pond far, like they grow a, a third ball, and it's like big. no, no, it's, it's it's two balls in a hollow leg, and then one leg just fills all the way up with cum every seven years. Or, or they have a hump like a camel. Oh, there you go. It's <laughs> yeah. just, just a camel's hump full of cum. Uh-huh. Ca- Captain, permission to leave. I need to drain my hump. No, I wonder. I wonder if Tuvok must have had like a a, a cum hump. Oh, That's yeah. because like he was like because he he didn't have sex that entire time there. That's oh. true. That's what uh, that Fergie song is about. My humps. Oh yeah, it's about Vulcan cum humps. <laughs> like Vulcan cum humps. I think we're learning a lot about Vulcan biology. Yeah, we are. are. We're making we're really up a like lot getting about to the meat of it. Love getting to the <laughs> meat. <laughs> yeah. The meat and the cum. That's what we're all about. Here. Meat, meat and potatoes, if you will. <laughs> Just put a straw in the hump and drink it. There you go. Um, so <laughs> like, Sarah, a, it's like a camelback, Sarah... but cum. Yeah, <laughs> that's like one of those little things that uh-huh. come around. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so Sarek um, demands to speak with Kirk alone the senior crew leaves Kirk and Sarek alone and Sarek tells Kirk he is upset that Kirk did not follow what would have obviously been Spock's final wishes Kirk is confused by this and Sarek states that he believes Kirk would have been the one to hold Spock's Katra or his living spirit after a mind meld right before his death Sarek mind melds Kirk but finds no trace of Spock. Since he did not leave his Katra with Kirk, Sarek believes all traces and memory of Spock to be lost. He turns to leave in defeat. Suddenly Kirk is like, no, wait, wait, don't go. <laughs> you want to you wanna do butt stuffers? <laughs> um, uh, I am. My friend McCoy's been acting super fucking <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he said all this stuff about You think about you could suck his dick? Like, yeah, and and unvaccinated yeah, cum? It's gonna be the next Bitcoin, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Sounds logical to me. Uh, so, so that is logical. Yeah, if you think about it, yeah. Vulcan anti-vaxxer be like vaccines are illogical. Says <laughs> <laughs> um, they're all the antibodies. <laughs> Suddenly, Kirk seems to have an idea. He says that if the Katra was as important as Sirik says it is, Spock would have found some way to preserve it. Uh, I like the idea together, of like Sarek and Bones like being that kind of weird together. Like Sarek's <laughs> like, it is logical to assume that Vulcan is flat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you seen other evidence of this? 
Like we have spaceships, you can fly around the damn thing. <laughs> have you been to uh, YouTube? One hundred proofs of Vul- Vulcan is flat. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Do you just stand there, and can you see as far as you can see? I don't see a curve. Do you? <laughs> the only curve I can see is in my enormous Vulcan penis. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of love like flat Earth theory because they also assume that there's. Like part of it is that there's secret continents oh, yeah. that are all around, like uh, Antarctica yeah, like and the, stuff. the ice ring. The, the thing. Mm-hmm. There, there was that expedition where they like went out. I don't know what happened to them though. I think they went missing. They found it. <laughs> they found the ice ring. They found it. Yeah, they found the Paradise Islands, and they're just like this rolls. Yeah, I like the ones that, that believe that we're in, encased around like just endless ice around us. I think that's mm-hmm. funny. That's awesome. Love to see it. So. In order to find out what happened, Kirk decides to watch the footage. Uh, Together, Sarek and Kirk watch what can only be be described as low-quality security camera tapes. But it's really just footage from Wrath of Khan. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and it's just footage from Wrath of Khan, but like... Like nope. recorded onto a Betamax uh-huh. and then recorded onto a VHS from that. And see, this is actually selling like because you know you're talking about how like um, the Wrath of Khan VHS was such a huge seller, mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. is like a, a in, in movie tie-in, right? True, for right, it. right, right. It's, it's like, merchandising for it's the very movie. Meta, yeah, yeah like, they should have had them like pushing in a um, a Wrath of Khan VHS. Into <laughs> the thing. Like, let's let's watch the security footage. Yeah. <laughs> It just says the sticker on it. You just clearly see Let's it. watch the security <laughs> footage. Now available on home video. <laughs> yeah, now available on video. Only $40. Um, surround sound. They used to so, be 80 screen. So, so they watch the security tapes, and they look like fucking dog shit. Yeah. Um, and the tape, they're and super it's, loud. It's just like a Betamax. They're so yeah, loud. Yeah, you can, you can hear it, like, rewinding <laughs> and, like, fast-forwarding and shit, and it's fucking hilarious. It's really, like, dude, that scene, like, totally broke my immersion. Like, I was like, really? Yeah, like, it, was, it was great. Um, so, and then they find the scene where Spock does the mind meld with bones and says, remember, um, Kirk is like, what must I do? And, uh, Sarah is like, uh, Sarah determines that in fact, the doctor has Spock's Katra. Kirk swears to Sarah that he will reunify McCoy, the Katra and Spock's body together on Mount Salea on Vulcan. So he's uh, just taking taking this on, mm-hmm. taking this on. Mm-hmm. Back at the Genesis planet, Savick and David transport to the surface to investigate the life form they scanned earlier. They find a pile of evolved life forms uh, of microbes that were on the casket's surface when it was launched from the torpedo tube of the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. And they're like these weird little fucked up worms with evil looking mouths. They're, they're pretty cool looking. I yeah. mean, they they look fucked up, but I like. Yeah, them a lot. I like them. They, Spencer, they, you're saying like. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you know, you're saying you're nostalgic for that one scene mm-hmm. uh, in the um, space dock. Mm-hmm. Like this is uh, the worms are my <laughs> nostalgia scene right. because I vividly like I watched this movie a lot too as a kid. And mm-hmm. I every the the gross worms are what stood out to me right. the most. Just like writhing there, I thought I thought that was really good, cool, like puppet work. Yeah, it was. They, they Although, like, interestingly, like. like uh, like coating over them to make them slimy. There's, mm-hmm. yeah, you can find that stuff. You can make other things slimy if you want to. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. I think it's called um, uh, unvaccinated cum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no bones didn't. Bo- bones bones, didn't go bones to is like, yet. Yeah. <laughs> give me ten or twenty minutes, and I'll give you special effects. Uh, yeah, yeah. Give, I'm. I'm working on it. Yeah. 
Um, so, uh, they open the casket and find Spock's body to be missing entirely. Not unlike a little someone we know called Jesus Christ, everybody. Like Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh yeah. Like Jesus Christ. Oh yeah. Uh, However. His tomb was empty. However, his robe is there. Like, guess who? Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. Okay. Um, The the shroud of Genesis. Uh Uh, Suddenly, (laughs) the two hear a screaming in the distance and go investigate. Like, guess who? Jesus Christ. Okay, so. Also, so I like how the how the uh, how his burial burial robes were neatly folded. Yeah, yeah. Very, yeah and they very... had they had his like name anagrammed on them. Yeah. Like he got it from fucking like sharper image or some shit. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, I'm gonna go freak out in this crazy planet, oh. but I gotta fold these all neatly. You know who I anagrammed all their shit was none other than Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, me monogrammed. Mo- yes, monogrammed. <laughs> Anagram is yes, like, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's when you're uh, anorexic and monogram your things. <laughs> um, so, oh, whoa, too soon. Uh, what? Um, so the rope's still there. And to hear the screaming, go to investigate. So this is, in fact, a Star Trek movie. Oh, yeah. And in as much, the first and primary mission of the film is always the very same thing. Kirk must get his commission of the enterprise. He has to fly that fucking ship. He doesn't give a fuck. He's going to fly the fucking enterprise. He's got to sit in the chair. He has to sit in the the, the big boy chair. Yeah. And his feelings are constantly fluctuating with his feel, you know, and for in motion picture, he's like, he needed to be in there. Mm -hmm. You know, Rafa Khan, he didn't want to be in there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just like this one. He's like, he, for a reason to save his friend, he has to get it. But no matter what, he needs the Enterprise. Yeah. That's that's right. the thing. Yeah. So he's in a bar at Starfleet headquarters um, with Admiral Morrow, uh, who has the sickest jacket. Like, uh, it's yeah. like this crushed velvet leather thing. Yeah. Uh, it's it's so cool. Yeah, it looks sick as fuck. Uh, very 80s, but still sick mm-hmm. as fuck. Yeah, why wasn't he wearing that when he was uh, talking to everybody? Like, that one's like was a way more elegant outfit. Definitely. True. Definitely. So Kirk pleads with Admiral Morrow to get the Enterprise back, but is denied and specifically ordered not to return to Genesis. Morrow tells Kirk, as a friend, to stop obsessing over the idea before it ruins him, like his orgasms. Kirk thanks Morrow and leaves. Sulu and Chekhov are also in the bar, but just waiting at the exit, which is like... I think they're just like trying to like cruise and pick up dudes who are walking in or going out like, Hey, buddy, want someone to go home with? Um... (laughs) Also, did did we ever learn Morrow's first name? Mm, Edward R. Oh <laughs> damn! I was hoping it would be. I was hoping it'd be Tom. That's that's a joke. Edmore, Edward R. Morrow is a fucking broadcaster from like the 1950s. Uh-huh. That was a shitty no, joke. No, I I'm love sorry. that joke. See, the only reason I know who Edward R. Morrow is is because of uh, <laughs> Channel Two KTUU in Anchorage. They won an Edward R. Morrow. Award. They won an yeah. Edward R. Morrow award. Exactly. Wasn't See, the, I had no idea. I, I believe. I, I believe like <laughs> Good Night and Good Luck was about him. I think. Oh yeah, is I think right? it was actually. I've never seen I that. Think that's right. But yeah, it's, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Hmm. Um, well, I was going to say it would be fun if his name was Tom Morrow. No, <laughs> because that's the future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tom Morrow. Mm-hmm. 
That's like, a cool name. Yeah. It'd be cool because, like, when you say goodbye cool. to him, you could be like, "I'll see you tomorrow." Tom, I'll see. Oh yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. And plus, like that that seems very sci-fi. Like his Ooh. like sick ass sci-fi jacket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or if you had like named uh, Tom Morrow, like that, leukemia or something, be like, "I need a Morrow transplant." <laughs> oh, no. I need it, Tom Morrow. <laughs> <laughs> I need it yesterday. Please, I'm dying. <laughs> Please, I'm dying. Uh, wow. Okay, this got darker than this movie is jesus christ um so sulu and chekov are at the exit and kirk approaches them and tells them although he got a no it is his intention to take back the enterprise regardless of orders so back with bones mccoy he is possessed by spock's katra and in a fucking cruising bar, um, <laughs> uh-huh. trying to pick up young boys. He's got the hanky in his pocket. He, do, he does. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's just, uh, it's tie-dyed because he's like, I'm into everything, boys. <laughs> as long as your cum's not vaccinated, <laughs> I'll do whatever you want with it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. This is all very normal. <laughs> this bar. Look, just because I vote. Just because I vote against equality <laughs> measures that come through the Confederation. <laughs> if you're vaccinated, I top and it's staying wrapped, buddy. Um, uh, dude, this bar is so weird. There's so many weirdos in it. Apparently, the bar yeah. that they're in is just a redressed uh, uh, sick bay set. It's the Enterprise sick bay, cool. apparently. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's appropriate since he goes there. Uh, I bet it's called Dick yeah, Bay. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Dick Bay. That's why it's a cruising bar. <laughs> yeah, the Dick Bay scene um, in Star Trek Three: The Search for Cock. Oh, yeah. damn. So uh, McCoy, who only goes by Bones in this bar, uh, meets <laughs> a shady alien. Tarantula face. Yeah, tarantula face who... Uh, <laughs> no, no, what do you... He looks like the guy from fucking Coal Chamber. <laughs> yeah, he look, yeah, he looks like Coal Chamber guy. Yeah. yeah. Loco. Uh-huh. Loco. Uh, yeah. Bones, are you trying to go loco? <laughs> he does kind of look like a different culture. <laughs> Pretty good. Oh, man. Dude, the music video. What happened to that yeah, guy? Yeah, the music video. Well, he sings for Devil Driver now. So he's still he's still making oh. music. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the, oh, that for video for Loco is, like, it, just, it is one of the most iconic, like, fucking new metal things. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And I should watch that on YouTube after Dude, this. I haven't seen it in forever. You should. Yeah, that'd it's, be cool. It's no oh, go. After this, let's watch that and then the claw finger song. Oh, yeah. the claw finger song, our favorite song. Fuck yeah. The best song. We, one, one night we put on the claw finger like, song and watched like it like times. five times in a like, row. No, it was like a lot. It was a lot of times. It was, it was a lot, lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. Soy Trek, the official yeah. podcast of Cold Chamber. Yeah, if, if you want to know what we're talking about, Google, uh, just go to YouTube, type in claw finger, watch their most watched video. That's all I got to say about that. Their only watch video, yeah. really. Yeah. <laughs> so um, this shady alien that McCoy meets, like he speaks like Yoda for some reason. Mm-hmm. And he's like, help you, I will. <laughs> um, get, a, get, a, get a ticket you want or some <laughs> shit like that. I'm like, shut the fuck up, dude. Tarantula face I am. <laughs> so he, um, he, McCoy won't tell him where he's going. And the alien presses. And McCoy finally reveals that he's trying to get to Genesis. The alien loudly refuses, uh, but McCoy persists until Federation security comes and sits next to him. I like how he also calls him a backwards-talking freak or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's awesome. Yeah, and he's like, like I, I know that's the planet that's forbidden you backwards-talking freak. <laughs> yeah, dude, Bones is so You're fucking, fucking vaccinated. Like, he's so fucking xenophobic. <laughs> like, he's yeah. always saying shit about, like, he's other He's just cultures. racist, dude. Like, he's so like, racist. 
<laughs> like, bro. I also wonder if that was some sort of like insult at a uh, Star Wars or something. Yeah, probably. Since he was talking like, Yoga. oh yeah, yeah, you might be. That'd be funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, the security guard sits next to him and like shows him that he's a security guard by holding up like this ancient like game and watch or like a fucking <laughs> alarm clock or something. <laughs> Something with like very old red LEDs. It's very funny looking. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, he looks a then, lot uh, like they, they, the fucking like Starfleet commander guy. Like he does. He looks like Moro, but that's yeah. because you're a racist. No, he just um, he like he has, all, he has the same mustache. It's like fucked up. It's like why are you casting two guys with the same? It's mustache? Ernie Hudson. I swear to God, it's Billy D. Williams, Ernie Hudson. But it, but it is funny. Like like there's no advancements in audiovisual technology. No advancements in signature giving and signature writing, yeah. but like they'll like, well, what do badges look like in the future? <laughs> <laughs> like they'll just look like what kind of coats are they gonna wear? Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, that's that is true. I mean, they do they they did, they did go hard with the costumes. Of the they future. did the costuming on this is pretty yeah. cool. It's really it's uh, very I, diverse. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I prefer yeah, the is. costuming on Wrath of Khan just because it's iconic and that's where they came up with like the you know, the militarized Starfleet yeah. jackets, the red ones. I fucking love those so if, much. And I feel so like they do it justice. This, this film's a lot more casual. Yeah, it, it's a different vibe, but, but like they, they do their own thing with it. It's fun. They do their own thing, but what they're doing is what are future clothes going to look like, but we live in the 80s. And so like mm-hmm. some of the stuff looks really cool. And some of it looks really fucking stupid. Chekhov. Chekhov, yeah. Chekhov is in like this little Lord Fauntleroy fucking yeah. get up. He and looks he, so goofy. He then. looks like a little Dutch boy. It yeah. doesn't make any yeah. sense. Which, uh, which which appropriately he changes halfway through does. the movie. He does. Yeah. He's like the only one who changes. <laughs> he is, yeah. Everyone just takes off their jacket and he just does a full costume change. He's like, I look like a fucking idiot, Captain. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to go with a leather jacket and black turtleneck. That's <laughs> what I have in my car. <laughs> um, so, uh, fucking Bones tries to do a neck pinch and take this fucking <laughs> uh, guy out, yeah. the security he's guard, like, and so he gets arrested. What the fuck are you doing, man? Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, don't touch me, old man. Like, if you're gonna touch me, go a little lower. Hey. <laughs> Um, I mean, they are in the cruising bar. So. They are. They are. But so he gets arrested. That's business first. Because apparently the Federation is punitive and just arrests people for talking about planets. I mean, he was talking about going to the Genesis planet, which is highly off limits. Oh, so they don't have freedom of speech. I see how this is. <laughs> He's, yeah. I mean, I mean, McCoy is the free, free, uh, free speech warrior. Yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah. You know, you, you, you might I'm be sorry. able to vaccinate my semen, but you, uh, you'll never take away my First Amendment right. This is America, and I'll do what I want. I'll go where I want. Where there's no borders for me. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, so after this, uh, we get we get a scene where uh, fucking Bones is in the brig. Right, he's been mm-hmm. arrested. Um. And I skipped way away from my fucking notes. Sorry, just a sec. Mm. Uh, all right, so um, Bones is put in the brig, and after Kirk and Sulu find out, uh, they break into the brig, and there's the scene where they have to break out Bones, mm-hmm. and um, like first uh, Kirk goes in and like assaults a guy, but then <laughs> Sulu goes in, and there's a huge guy who calls him Tiny, and fucking Sulu tears his ass up. Yeah. Like he yeah. beats the shit out of him and then he's like, 
don't call me tiny. <laughs> I mean, that's what that guy gets for wearing like that weird hat made out of like craft materials. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that. Yeah, hat their, was their outfits once again. <laughs> some of the costuming in here looks cool, but a lot of it looks like shit. Like yeah, that. like that, and like the, the um, dudes wearing the leather helmets. Also, the yeah, dude yeah. that calls uh, Sulu Tiny is the same guy who played a security guard in the motion picture that uh, Spock nerve pinches so he can go outside oh, into yeah. teacher's is butthole. Because he's a lot, yeah. I feel like he's a lot taller here, but maybe it's because Sulu's so much smaller. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, yeah, the guy that Spock didn't need to render unconscious for any reason. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. He could have just left. It's like, hey, I'm leaving out the <laughs> airlock. And he was like, yeah, yeah, go for it, yeah. Spock. Yeah, you're my commanding it. officer. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you're the science officer. Also, uh, it should be noted. Sulu, uh, or George Takei, apparently hated this scene. He thought it made no sense. He was like, why would he call me tiny? That doesn't make any sense. And like, Harv Bennett was like, look, just do it. It'll be okay. And so he did it. And then he went and saw the movie in a theater full of people and saw that it was like a crowd-pleasing moment. And he like changed his opinion mm. on it. He originally like hated it. He changed his opinion on it and liked the scene because he liked that people liked it. It's like, Harv, why is he calling me tiny? And Harv is like, well... Don't you know the thing about Asia? No? Oh, hmm. Well, huh. <laughs> well, it's also this guy's like three feet taller than you. Like, like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's he enormous. You are not. Yeah. He's got a big old fucking dick. I mean, I'm sure. Unless he does a lot of steroids. Well, who knows? Sometimes inject steroids into your dick. Yeah. Oh, wait, really? Maybe. I'm pretty sure the singer for okay. As I Lay Dying did that <laughs> before he tried to hire a hitman really? to kill his wife. <laughs> yeah big lambesis energy. yep that's awesome tim lambesis we mm -hmm. love it we love to hear it lambesis of god <laughs> um was the hitman successful no I didn't know about this. no so the, the no, funniest no. okay he went to jail for like four years it, was, this is one of my my favorite stories in, in the annals of, in the annals of rock and roll history uh, oh, wow. but this like, so, so he, he was all like, <laughs> he was all roided out and he was all like fucked up on, on roids. And so he wanted to kill his wife for some reason. So he asked his steroid dealer at the gym to find him a hitman. And the steroid dealer was like, the fuck are you talking about? I sell steroids. <laughs> like, I don't know a hitman. What the fuck are you talking about? So he went to the police and was like, this guy wants me to find a hitman. And then they they did a sting operation and he went to jail. Awesome. So cool. <laughs> Pretty good. Sorry, Britt. Pretty good. <laughs> I learned something. Although his assignment to Enterprise was denied and he has been reassigned to the Excelsior, Scotty has secretly been making repairs to the Enterprise. The commander of the Excelsior, Captain Styles, <laughs> makes a remark about breaking the speed records of the Enterprise, and this pisses Scotty yeah, off. He's Harry Styles' he's like, great, you great, son great, of a great, bitch. great, 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 great grandson. <laughs> yes, uh, the inventor of style. Most people <laughs> yeah. didn't know. Oh. No. Didn't exist. And uh, publisher of Style mm -hmm. magazine. From something. House Styles. Yes. Like the Grand British House. Sure, why oh, yeah. not? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Scotty takes a turbo lift to the transporter room and the turbo lift thanks him to which he responds in my favorite moment in the film up your shaft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he puts some stuff. It's, up it's subtle, but it's just sure. like, I love Scotty and she's like, eh, up your shaft. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, 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 it's very good. Subtle comedy. I, I like I how much Scotty. he He's hates great. the new ship. He's just like, fuck that yeah. thing. And he, he hates it. Thanking him. That's really good. <laughs> So next we go to Uhura, uh, who has accepted a post as a transporter chief at Old City Station in San Francisco. 
uh, with secret intentions of beaming Kirk and the crew aboard the Enterprise in order to retake the ship. Uh, there's this whiny little fucking brat crewman there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, why did you take such a step down? I want adventure. I want to go sheesh. And she's like, eh, I like the quiet. Uh, and then Kirk and the crew come in and Ahura uh, starts like setting coordinates and stuff. And the guy's like, uh, what are you doing? They don't have like a pass or anything. And she's like, you're going to go in the closet. And I don't, <laughs> Dude, she fucking I don't mean tops you're going to like so hard in this scene. It is <laughs> fucking. Oh yeah. Intense. She, she pulls out a phaser and she's like, you're going in the fucking closet boy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'm going to have to masturbate in there. Cause I like a powerful woman. <laughs> she should have pistol whipped him. That would have been awesome. That would have been sick. I mean, yeah. can like, you pistol whip with a phaser? Like, is it? Th- I've never seen a pistol whip with a phaser. No, they've definitely phaser done that. Phaser whip. For sure. I guarantee oh, yeah. you Cisco phaser whip. I don't think they have. I don't think he has. <laughs> I guarantee you. I don't I th- I think that's maybe a little racist what? to assume it's it's Cisco no, doing No, no, like I have a vision in my mind of Cisco phaser whipping somebody. That's why I said Cisco. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's racist that you have the vision in your mind of something I don't think <laughs> happened. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it happened. Yeah, cuz he's a he's like a gangster type, no! you know? Gangster, no! if you will. Because he's a he's badass. One of those, uh, urban, he's fucking, urban. He, he's a very ur- he's the most urban captain. <laughs> you know what? You know when fucking uh, when fucking Q shows up and he just punches him in the face right away. This goes a badass yeah. motherfucker. He fucking lays down the the mm-hmm. fist when he needs to. I think bet he lays down a fucking phaser whip. But he does. Yeah, um, I'm gonna find I'm gonna one. Do it. It's uh, oh, you're gonna find a phaser whip gif. <laughs> I'll try to find one. I don't think it happened. I think it happened. Um, well, not yeah. I mean, it does get smaller. Like, but yeah, it's such a small thing. Like, I could see in, someone hitting the, with the in, butt of the rifle. One but in this, like, the one that she had was like a little larger. Yeah. Well, this was like the the TOS one that's more like a gun actually that yeah. actually has like a full handle and then like a a stock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So. Um, uh, Kirk and the crew arrive at the transporter station. Ahura makes the dude go into the closet, um, and then she locks it, and then beams everybody to the Enterprise. And she tells them she'll meet them at a rendezvous point later. Next, we're with Scotty again on the Enterprise. As everybody else comes in, and he says he's created an automation system to allow control of the Enterprise from just the main bridge. And so it only needs a few people, and... What do they have? Only a few people. Yeah, this. Yeah. We only got Chekhov, Scotty, Kirk, and Bones here. Oh, and Sulu this, also. This was the most tiny. Sorry, tiny. Like difficult to believe thing of the entire film for me. Like them, like like mm-hmm. commanding the Enterprise with five people. Like fuck off. Like that's yeah. dumb. I mean, as long as engineering is working, as long as it's that's working, totally but that's totally believable. But I guess like later on when things go wrong, like. Because, <laughs> because I mean, especially like when you consider how things go and like uh, after they get rid of science officer and make it into operations officer, they're they really you know only need the two helmsmen, which is operations officer and then helmsman and then a captain for the bridge. Unless you're in battle, then you need security because comms can be run from anywhere. And like all the other stations are just extensions of the other stations. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's definitely a like. I feel like there's a couple episodes where data just. Uh... Well, that's that's the thing. He's the operations officer, yeah. and the operations officer is the science officer. Mm-hmm. So they have um, uh, 
all of the sensor data and stuff, uh, but they also can control all of the uh, energy systems of the ship, which is actually like kind of the most important right. thing on the right. ship is like, yeah, how much like dilithium energy you're using in different systems because right. you can't use all systems fully all at right. once. You I have mean, to make compromises. Uh, um, um, which yeah. like, like, so, like Pat so said, it I, makes sense I totally believe if, this. If everything was working yeah. correctly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so I believe this is like an early version of how they begin to automate the ships later. And so I can totally yeah. believe okay. this because later in Star Trek, they do run a lot more efficiently and with a lot more like subroutines and automation. Yeah. So I, I, I find a belief. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I'll get it. Um, I'll give it a pass. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> for, for now. now, for now. So, uh, Kirk insists that he cannot ask anybody else to go further and that this mission is his and McCoy's alone. Sulu, Chekhov, and Scotty are having fucking none of this and pledge their loyalty to the mission. Kirk orders the ship to depart from the space dock and Starfleet finds out immediately and they freak the fuck out. Uh, the Enterprise is still like all fucked up. There's like burn marks all over it and shit. Uh, thankfully, they don't reuse the space dock footage from the first two films, which is obvious because yeah. there's no guy waving in the fucking mm-hmm. or upside down. Like Enterprise Whoa! is all fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, it doesn't look as good as those scenes. So no. whatever. Um, so unable to stop the Enterprise from leaving, the Excelsior is ordered to make pursuit. Uh, Captain Stiles hits Kirk on the comms and tells him that if he goes through with this, He'll never sit in a captain's chair again. And you pointed out his uh, helmsman here, or maybe operations or science officer, is the guy from uh, Twin Peaks and mm-hmm. a couple other things. Yeah, Miguel Fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, he's in Robocop. Yeah, Robocop as well. Yeah, yeah. Twin Peaks. He's in everything. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite movies, Hot Shots Part Oh, did. that's one of my love, favorite love movies it, too. It. How nice. Yeah. Really? Dude, I, love that I movie. watched that movie <laughs> oh, literally like hundreds of times as a kid. Like it, it is one of my <laughs> yeah, favorite same. films of all time. I was actually, it's on one of the streaming services. I think it's on uh, HBO right now, HBO Max. And I was like oh, thinking shit, about yes. rewatching it uh, because it is truly a lovely, <laughs> lovely film. Uh, it is hilarious. Yeah. It's a joke a minute. It is an movie. incredible film. So, <laughs> so Captain Styles uh, tells Kirk um, that if he goes through with this, he'll never sit in a captain's chair again. Kirk does not give a particular <laughs> fuck and orders the Enterprise into warp speed. Mm-hmm. And it goes into like rainbow mode, oh, old yeah. style, which yeah. is kind of funny. That's cool. Uh, Styles prepares for warp, but finds <laughs> that Scotty has sabotaged the transwarp computer and it makes a big old farty noise. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> Scotty hands Bones a pile of warp drive components that he just took out. <laughs> and Kirk sets course for Genesis at best possible that speed. That was a weird. I would have loved it. <laughs> Yeah, if the, the Excelsior just, like, fucking blew yeah. up. Like. <laughs> Took out the whole space dock and yeah. everything. Yeah. Uh, also, the... Uh, the Okay, so it's funny when they, like, try to engage the transwarp drive and they, like, put on their, like, seat belt, like, seat retainer things. Like, that, yeah. that is one of the funniest moments in this movie to me. Like, I, like, guffawed mm. laughing at that. It's, it's so un-Star Trek. <laughs> and, yeah, and, like... How is that going to help? Like, will it contain you? They don't have like a seatbelt on or anything. It's just like the little arms just go in. It doesn't make sense because like, according to the theory of relativity, if you're on a vessel, like traveling, like you're on the vessel, like you won't, you don't need a fucking seatbelt. It doesn't make any sense. Like 
the stop and slow is not going to fucking matter to you, especially like with yeah. the anti-gravity they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the anti-gravity seems to be the one thing that always works on always. Starfleet vessels. Yeah, like the, yeah, the, all the time. The dampeners and everything inertia else. And, dampeners. Yeah. And, yeah. Inertia dampeners and, yeah. um, and the warp. Also, they're in a warp bubble. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they travel. Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't make any sense, really. I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, I think it was just trying to be like, Wow, trans warp's gonna be fucking. Yeah, awesome. it's gonna fucking yeah. rock your and dick then, out your ass. You better like fucking get eat. locked into this chair, bro. <laughs> Lock your chairs. We're fucking going, bro. And so, so they think they have this figured out back in like what, like twenty two eighties, twenty two nineties, or something like mm. that. Um, and then, but do they have it in like Star Trek: The Next Generation? I know the Borg have trans warp drive, but I don't think the Federation does at that point. I, so in a yeah, hundred years, remember, they don't figure that yeah. shit out at all. What? There's like a, there's Tom a... Paris has to figure it out on a fucking and turn into a lizard for this shit. To <laughs> there's, there's I don't get a it. Lore like, reason for this, but I don't know it. Yeah. A, a data lore <laughs> reason <laughs> for it. Oh ho 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 ho. So back on Genesis with Savick and David, the two locate a young Vulcan boy uh, amidst a bunch of snow and cactuses. Yeah, snow and cactus. Cacti. Sorry. I love them. And the, the cacti, I gotta say, the cacti are matte paintings, and they look like fucking dog shit. I think they look shape. rad. I <laughs> like, like the snow on the cactus, the, the snow on the cacti. It's fun. It's stupid. <laughs> like, so, like, uh, ba- bad matte placements always suspend my disbelief, and these are not great. They just don't look good. I think because they're so close. Like, yeah. matte paintings work best when, you know. Yeah, they're, they're like, in far, the distance or yeah. something. Yeah, the, yeah. And, this, and that, like, there was probably, like. But these are, like, foreground. And yeah, they were maybe, like, what, 50, 60 feet in front of where they were. So you can. Yeah. And the snow is like the fakest looking snow. It looks like asbestos. Yeah. <laughs> it like it's, it, it looks bad. Uh, That's why they all died after shooting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> Michelle Nick. It's like I'm, inha- wow. it's like I'm inhaling fiberglass. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, they find a young Vulcan boy in the snow and surmise it to be Spock who was somehow regenerated in the terraforming process that created Genesis. They relay this information to Captain Esteban, but he's reluctant to beam the child aboard and would prefer direction from Starfleet. Just then, uh, Krug's bird of prey... Sorry? Oh, yeah. Esteban sucks, yeah. Yeah. Just then, Krug's bird of prey decloaks and accidentally destroys the USS Jism. (laughs) (laughs) Krug is pissed since he wanted to take the ship, its data, and its crew. So he executes the gunner immediately. He just like mm-hmm. goes, bang, fuck you guy. I wanted slaves! Okay. <laughs> um, the Klingons scan the planet and find life signs, inferring that it must be a landing party. Savick, Marcus, and Spock uh, flee to safer ground. And the Klingons are like, well, we'll just take those people prisoner. Back on the Enterprise. So it's it's weird to me that Klingons like still take slaves, right? Uh, they they wanted hostages. Yeah, but they still take slaves, like canonically in Star Trek, which is like weird. Yeah. For like such an advanced civilization to like, you know, still take slaves. But it's also like assumed there's a great video on YouTube about if the Klingons stole warp drive. And if they mm. maybe just like stole all their designs from like the wrong yeah. ones, which would actually kind of make sense. Apparently, because all their shit looks like yeah, Romulans. So apparently, the reason why the the bird of prey in this film looks like a Romulan ship <laughs> is that originally in the script that was given to ILM, 
it was a Romulan ship. Mm-hmm. So they designed it as a Romulan ship. Then yeah, they changed the, their mind and they were like... The Romulans <laughs> were originally supposed to be the, the entire Right, but then the they film. changed their mind yeah. and they were like, oh, the Klingons stole it from the Romulans. And they were like, oh, okay, so we can keep making it a, uh, a, a Romulan ship. And then... I wish they would have explained that. No, 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 but that. then they decided, no, 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 it's just a Klingon ship. <laughs> but they used the model anyway. <laughs> but it looks like a Romulan yeah. ship. Like, that's yeah. the problem, is it looks more like a Romulan ship from the fucking, uh-huh. like, TOS than it yeah. does from the Klingon ships from the yeah. movies. And so... No, I do like the later design of uh, Romulan ships. Yeah. I um, think they look really cool. Yeah. So, um, back... On the Enterprise, Kirk asks McCoy for a scan to see if they're being pursued by anybody. Bones does a great Spock impression and says that they aren't. Chekhov reports that Starfleet is attempting to contact the USS Jism <laughs> to warn them of the incoming Enterprise, <laughs> but the Jism is not responding. <laughs> sometimes the Jism doesn't respond. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes the Jism spits back, but sometimes it doesn't respond, yeah, you know? The Jism isn't coming. <laughs> the Jism isn't coming for us. Why isn't, co- why isn't coming for us? Uh, intrigued <laughs> by the possibilities of this, Kirk sends a hail to the Jism in an attempt to make an alliance. Back with Krug and the Klingons, he's assembled an away team, and they beam aboard uh, G- the Genesis planet, and they encounter the worms at Spock's casket. Oh, yeah. I love this Krug scene. picks one up, mm-hmm. and both the worm and him try to kill uh-huh. each other. <laughs> and it's so cool. It's yeah. him just like, fuck you, worm. And he like puts his hand in it as the thing like circles around him trying mm-hmm. to like asphyxiate Apparent- him. And it's really cool. Apparently it was a really difficult film mm-hmm. to see, or, uh, scene to film because the way that the puppet work that was on Krug was that... It, it had like the main uh, special effects guy had his hand in the puppet controlling it, but then they also had wires controlling other parts of the puppet, and the other puppets were controlled by wires. So I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Back up. So you're telling me I could get a hand job? Yes, you ones? could. Mm. By the special effects director for Star Trek Three: The Wrath, or uh, search for Wrath. Yeah. Um, so. Apparently, the fishing line that they were using to like control the puppets kept flashing in the camera, so they kept having to refilm the mm. scene. It was a big pain. Sick. <laughs> like that, Christopher Christopher Lloyd's like frustration with it was actually yeah. real. He's just like, "Fuck this that's puppet!" Why that's why <laughs> so good. Yeah, I think he should have bit it, though. Dude, it would have been like, tight. Was, like, and then, like, looked up at the sky. That would have been sick like, as fuck. Shit coming out of his mouth. He's like, ah. Yeah. Like, ah! Or if, like, after he, like, punctured the big hole in it, if he just, like, ripped it open and stuck his two Klingon dicks yeah. inside. Or that, yeah. That would have been cool. <laughs> I would have liked that, uh-huh. guys. I mean, hey, that's... That's your... the kind of Star Trek movie <laughs> I want to see. That's your headcanon, and you know what? Oh. Whatever you do with that headcanon and behind closed doors is that's your... your that's your head. I removed, uh, I, I removed my uh, <laughs> bottom ribs to give myself headcanon. <laughs> I removed my bottom ribs to give me head PE. <laughs> that's, that's so head uh, and P class. Uh head uh head planet <laughs> united earth. Oh. Um so uh Krug wins the battle with the worm. Mm-hmm. Uh over on the same planet with Savic, David, and Spock, it's revealed that David uh used protomatter in the Genesis device, which is unstable in causing species on Genesis to evolve and age rapidly. As night falls, David is guarding their camp. 
He detects life forms approaching and asks Savick for her laser. Laser? Spock. Her, her phaser? Sorry? Right. Her phaser. Sorry, I missed her. Um, Spock, now an adolescent, is experiencing pawn fall. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which is the Vulcan seven-year mating cycle. Or I guess kind of like a puberty for them in a way. But also a puberty they experience like every this seven years. <laughs> this scene rocks. So Savick says the only way Spock can make it through this portion mm-hmm. of his accelerated aging is if they fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and that's what she says. She's like, I don't know what's happening. He's accelerating so so fast. <laughs> I think we go fuck. <laughs> and I'm like, what? That's yep. a weird inflection um yeah it's yeah i mean this is where they got the idea for m night Shyamalan's yep, old yeah yep. yep. m night yep. was just watching this movie and then he was like there it is right there Damn. you get old you so get what if a, old what if a so beach quickly made you, you get old. super horny and then you ex- your balls explode or something mm, <laughs> we'd love that or the, the cum leg explodes <laughs> yes, like, it starts the, leaking and, the and then you're like oh shit <laughs> So, okay. so the, the cum hump explodes. Yeah, like, <laughs> like you violently everywhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, it's like oh, <laughs> spraying uh, everywhere. So, so Savick and and uh, baby Spock here touch fingers for a while. And, baby uh, Spock, do 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 do. No, no. Shut, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Search for Spock. Search for Spock. Shut up. Baby Spock. So uh, they touch fingers for a while, and he empties his cum leg. All yeah, yeah, yeah. Place. He like jerks him off by like touching his fingers a little bit. It's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And he's a child. Yeah, and also an, a man. <laughs> it's very confusing. And also a man. I mean, he he. I mean, he's like still technically like what, like sixty or seventy years old because he's still Spock. Yeah. He's just like his body is young, yeah. and so which 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 makes me think like if we put. You know, an older person's brain in a ten-year-old. Uh, I see where you're going. <laughs> I'm going libertarian, baby. No. <laughs> I'm a, let's go to the Neelix zone. No. <laughs> we never go full. Never. Um. So, uh, back on the Enterprise, they're approaching Genesis. They briefly detect a ship, but it quickly disappears. They scan the planet for life and attempt to hail the jism <laughs> to no avail. Back on Genesis, it's daybreak, and uh, <laughs> Savick, Spock, and David are captured by the Klingons. Krug demands to know what they know about the Genesis project, but the two say the project was a failure. Krug returns to the ship to confront the Enterprise. As the bird of prey sneaks closer, Sulu and Kirk see some spatial distortion caused by their cloaking device. And they're just like looking out the space window at this, which is like, yeah. they, they have never in Star Trek, like just looked out the window. It's like <laughs> mm-hmm. not even a window. Yeah. It's like a view screen. Yeah. But what, they just have was, a window here. Yeah. What was the purpose of that? I don't know. And also like, well, didn't they pick up some readings first and that's what, or yeah. But also like if they can see it out the window, like usually these ships are like thousands of meters, uh, kilometers away, mm-hmm. but like here they're like, I don't know, within touching distance, they're like driving by. They don't need to be, <laughs> if they need to do battle, none of the, they don't have melee weapons. They don't need to be right next to each other. It doesn't yeah, make exactly. sense. Uh, 
And plus, like... Uh, They're not going to ram the fucking ship. Also, like, like, why not come at it at an angle at space? You don't need to approach someone from head on. Exactly. They could go from below. Mm-hmm. Below, they're much more or like vulnerable. In like in uh, fucking yeah, Star Trek 2. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, they come up from the Z-axis, yeah. baby. Mm-hmm. Come up from the Z-axis. Yeah, if you're invisible and planning that attack, like, you can literally do that. Mm-hmm. Anything. <laughs> um, so... The Klingons keep speaking both English and Klingon interchangeably. I don't know why. I hate confused. it so much. Uh, but they do have a measurement of unit, uh, a unit of measurement I like a lot called Kelecams. Mm-hmm. Which I is, feel that's like like an early two thousands like cam uh-huh. site. Oh, Ke- <laughs> Kelly cams. Yeah. Kelly cams. Kelly cams. Yeah. Okay, come see me on Kelly cams. <laughs> you can uh, you can watch me do a cum show all over my ridges. <laughs> What um, was the name of that one woman that had like the thing where she just like had the cam going twenty four seven? Remember that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was like. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not a pervert like you guys. Yeah. yeah it was like Jeff, Jessica. <laughs> well, it wasn't cam always perverted. Something. Like she was just like. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. She was just always. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I don't. I I'm not a pervert. Oh like yeah, yeah. I'm a oh, filthy, filthy man. <laughs> Why do you think <laughs> no. I'm here? Soy train. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, they wouldn't let you into Password <laughs> University. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the moment the bird of prey decloaks, the enterprise fires on it, hitting the hole and killing Targ, uh, Krug's, Krug's dog, which was really sad. sad. Yeah, it was so really sad. Apparently they made, yeah. they made like he, two puppets for the, the dog. They, they, they had like the, the alive puppet and the dead puppet, but then they didn't use the dead puppet. They apparently used the alive puppet for the no. dead scene. They never used the dead puppet that mm. they made. Sad. RIP mm. to that. Yeah, that you was know, a dog sad. puppet. You you know a white woman used the dead puppet and <laughs> fucked it though, right? Probably. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, there was probably some hijinks happening on set that we didn't. Yeah, hijinks yeah, yeah, and hijinks. Probably, probably savage. <laughs> probably, probably, yeah. Yeah, and they're like Robin. <laughs> uh, so the Klingons swiftly regain their bearings and come back at the Enterprise. Chekhov tries to rage. Ra- uh, Chekhov tries to raise shields, but Scotty says they're malfunctioning due to the automation system overloading under an unexpected combat situation. He's like, "I didn't expect us to be in combat, Captain." Uh-huh. I'm like, "Why not? You like thought of everything, but <laughs> maybe someone's gonna try to destroy us, like well, last I mean, time." <laughs> originally the plan was just go to Genesis so he wasn't necessarily expecting there to be combat you know I don't yeah. know it's fair but you're right the they Genesis should be prepared there, for like, that and he said you can fully control the ship like but you couldn't fully control the ship it's all fucked up now so yeah who's loading the photon torpedoes and stuff yeah good good point since yeah, Sulu but, down there, he knows how to handle well, a torpedo, right, if you know what I mean. Well, he was right next to him. They're all they're all together. So, did they preload the torpedoes? Because they did fire some. Yeah, they uh, no, they uh, Metallica reloaded the torpedoes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, because they're unforgiven yeah. too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, cool. Um, so. Uh, the Klingons hit the Enterprise, and some stuff explodes. They regain emergency power, but the helm console explodes, and Scotty tells Kirk that the automation system has been destroyed, leaving the Enterprise useless. There is good as dead. All right, I think that's probably a good place yeah. to do a little intermission.
for the film. So with that, why don't we go to the Klingon word of the day? Today's Klingon word of the day is Shukchim, which there is some debate about the meaning. So, mm. this is an answer from uh, Mark, uh, I forgot his last name, the guy who did the uh, Klingon language stuff on uh, ra- uh, Search for Spock. So, it's from Mark. Mm-hmm. This, so he's kind of the originator of uh, the Klingon language. And he says, actually, is from a TNG episode. Uh, Worf asks Troy to be Alexander's which he describes as being Alexander's surrogate mother who'd take over being responsible for Alexander if anything were to happen to Worf. Worf also says this would make Troy his stepsister, more or less. The mm. website Memory Alpha says that a whoa whoa wait War, Worf and because I mean they they fuck so do you think they did step step sibling <laughs> stuff like <laughs> what are you doing Step Worf yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Step Worf I'm stuck in the Jeffries tube <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing what is, what is that my pussy and my ass <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, well you you stole my <laughs> sentence usage for this which is. What are oh, you doing, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I? I'll, I'll do another sentence. That's my favorite character from Pawn Stars is Short Jim Lee. <laughs> uh, but yeah, basically, he goes on to say that like it's actually probably closer to godparent than uh, stepsister, stepbrother. But uh, you can use it for whatever. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> uh, his name is uh, Mark Okrand, by thank the way. You, thank you. I didn't want to Mark get Okrand. his last name wrong. But anyways, it's pretty fun. And that's our Klingon word of the day. Shall we go back to talking about the search for Spock? Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Song. <laughs> Enterprise. Spock went to fix the warp drive. Everybody thought that Spock died, but instead it was a Spock plot turn. Spock plot turn. Spock plot turn. Spencer, that animation said uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. <laughs> yeah, it really, it fucking really did. Fuck. <laughs> I didn't even notice it. So fucking Pat pointed it out. I'm an idiot and don't care. Uh, oops, my bad. Cool. Uh, yeah. Actually, I, because I, I was expecting I, uh, the search for Spock, I thought it, for a second, I thought it said The Wrath of Spock. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an awesome movie. Let's yeah, be honest. That well, that would have been, awesome, I guess, the yeah. original 
uh, writing of it where that's true. Where he's killing all the Romulans. he's killing all the Romulans. The wrath of Spock. <laughs> That'd be so good. That'd be tight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty good. I also I hate the B-52s, but I love your song. Yeah, it was good. thank you. I I love the B-52s, and you're totally wrong. <laughs> Rock Lobster. Um. What what other good songs do they have than Love Shack and Rock Lobster? Uh, fucking name another song. They've got tons of good songs. I don't I don't like listen like, to what? them a lot, but they've they've got lots of great <laughs> songs, dude. Like they've good okay. full good albums, man. Oh yeah, how about how about the fucking what? cover of the Flintstones theme song for <laughs> Flintstones the oh. movie? You dumb bitch. Um, Stick right. that in your okay, asshole. You Stick it, that in your asshole, Spencer. <laughs> Anytime we get Flintstones the movie in my ass or Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas in my mm-hmm. ass, then I, the sitch changes, dog. I, the sitch changes. Do you think that guy defeated. from um, B 52s just goes around like Fred Schneider? Yeah, he just repeats things that people say. <laughs> like, oh. all right, sir, that'll be uh, f- uh, $4.52. He's like, four fifty two. Four fifty two. And then like, they're like, oh, yeah, that's what I just said. Uh, Piper, plastic, plastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i hope so so yeah. we're back aboard the bird of prey and um <clears throat> jesus christ my throat mm. so we're back aboard the bird of prey and krug is suspicious that the enterprise is doing so poorly in combat considering it's far better armed than his bird of prey kirk hails them demanding they surrender within two minutes or face imminent <coughs> destruction oh I think they said one minute and then he gave him two minutes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, or no, no. Well, oh yeah. Um, so crew calls his bluff and orders the enterprise to surrender instead, revealing he has Federation prisoners on the surface of the planet. He patches in David and Savick and they tell Kirk they've got Spock with them alive somehow. David says he can't believe he'd kill them for a failed project like Genesis. This infuriates Krug, and he orders his men to kill one of the prisoners. One of them. But when they're talking about Spock, they're like, we also have a Vulcan scientist with us. <laughs> and then Kirk is like, oh, a Vulcan scientist. <laughs> he comes on. Spock. <laughs> Spock. And he's like, gets all like horny and excited. <laughs> and uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has a type, you know. <laughs> so one of the Vulcans chooses to kill Savick, but David protects her at the last minute, mm-hmm. getting stabbed as fuck in the heart in the process. You know, and that's because like Kirk was never there to teach him the hammer throws. That's true. He doesn't like, know how to fight. If no. he, if you know, Kirk had been in more in his life, he could have. Uh, He's just a little off of, pussy, off pussy doctor boy. You can't fight a doctor or yeah. a fucking Klingon if you're a doctor. <laughs> would have been can't fight. That would have been funny if like Kirk was there, like clench your hands together, David. <laughs> <laughs> hit, him, hit him with that. It's That's like, how I killed it's a like Gorn. Punching a volleyball. <laughs> it's like volleyball. Like volleyball, but down. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Watching helplessly, Spock and Savick witness David die. R.I.P. Bozo, who cares? Savick <laughs> then tells Kirk, fucking wrecked, Kirk stumbles back and misses sitting in his chair. That's how yeah. mad he is. He can't even sit yeah. in a chair. Yeah. Um, Which apparently was improvised. He um, actually <laughs> accidentally missed the chair. That was it. That was not intentional. <laughs> is that good acting or is he just a fucking idiot? I don't know. <laughs> I can, yeah, you can kind of tell like he was yeah. probably like you know just vibing just in the role because like everyone else on the set was just kind of like 
tense or, watching him. They're just or, like, they don't know what he was going to do. Or do you think he was like almost literally passed out because he's in such a tight girdle this entire fucking <laughs> yeah. film? Like, this dude is girdled so fucking hard. They're like, mm. they're fitting like 210 pounds of William Shatner <laughs> into like a 170 pound sack. <laughs> And he is like busting out the seams, and like yeah. you can tell, like the way he breathes a lot in this film, he like mm-hmm. like gasps for breath for to say lines and shit. And I think it's probably because he's fucking wearing a man girdle, like the likes we have never seen. Like the the tension on that thing, <laughs> you could probably play it like a guitar. I'm giving like, her all she's oh, yeah. got, Captain. <laughs> 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 the girdle wasn't expecting combat. It's overloaded. <laughs> oh my god, she's gonna blow. <laughs> so, um, he's uh, Kirk is pissed as fuck that his son just died, but he gets over it pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, like, what he know he knew David for like two days, and, and David like went into his room and told him he was proud to have him as a dad, and that's like the extent of like. The, the yeah. father son anything yeah. they ever uh, did it's like alright well see you never oh. later doc um, <laughs> so yeah. Krug threatens to have Savick and Spock murdered too if Kirk refuses to surrender Kirk finally gives in agreeing to surrender and Krug gives him two minutes to prepare to be boarded Kirk also everybody forgot about the Grissom like, <laughs> yeah. like, the what just, they died but whatever the what <laughs> The jism. The oh, the jism. Yeah. Okay. Thank yeah, you. The jism. The Sorry. Gism. Yeah. The jism. Everybody just forgot about them. They're just yeah. like, mm. yeah. How many people were aboard that thing? <laughs> the jism. The rism. <laughs> inspect the deck. <laughs> um. <clears throat> so, uh, Kirk asks Sulu how many crewmen man a bird of prey, and he says like ten or twelve uh, officers and men, or five if they're just on the bridge. Um, explaining their only chance of survival is to eliminate as many Klingons as once at once Kirk orders bones and Sulu to go to the transporter room and set the entire crew to be beamed down to Genesis while he activates the auto destruct sequence with Chekhov and Scott with the one minute countdown begun the crew beam out of the enterprise for one final time and unfortunately, they don't, like, take much time with it. There's not, like, no. a big farewell to the Enterprise, really. It's, like, we don't have, like, well, 30 I mean, seconds of, like, Kirk just, like, looking around the bridge and be like, I salute you, ship. They do get the moment once they're on the planet <laughs> they where do. you, like, see yeah. the Enterprise, but, you know. But, like, no. uh, I do like the scene where they're entering the codes, <laughs> and the codes are, like, so long zero zero <laughs> a one they're not that long there's like it's just there's three of them long. or four of them it's not that one yeah, the one code that data code. had to put in that word oh yeah <laughs> oh i love that code yeah that code so rules much. i love how they sped up his, his take of it too <laughs> yeah yeah but then like you know but then he ends it with zero 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 he just they never change it from the factory settings. no well it was it was <laughs> zero 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 destruct zero but on the screen it just says four zeros yeah like they, they're like we're, <laughs> yeah, we're not yeah. writing destruct fuck that like yeah yeah um, it's like, they're like please enter the passcode to destroy the enterprise and they're like password, <laughs> yeah, password. <laughs> all lowercase <laughs> that, that would have been a good scene and like check off and and, and and uh and uh scotty just like turned to turn to kirk and he's just like shrugs <laughs> he's just like <laughs> 
Or like enters the password wrong and it's just like incorrect password. He's like, ah, shit. He tries it again, Um, then again, then it just locks him out and they can't do it. I think I need to reset my password. Uh, (laughs) Kirk has to enter his password. He's like, would you guys mind covering your ears? (laughs) Computer, it's fuck Scotty and Chekhov. Louder, please. (laughs) Fuck Scotty and Chekhov. Does not compute louder, please. Damn it. <laughs> um, so, uh, bah, bah, bah. um, the auto destruct sequence is initiated. Um, and the Klingons board the ship, and Torg is suspicious that there are no crew members on the ship to confront them. Arriving on the bridge, Torg informs Krug that the ship is deserted. Krug, uh, seeing like the screen that's counting down and understanding what's happening, frantically goes, get off the fucking ship, <laughs> but it's, it's too late. Um, and yeah. the, he's like, you've got to come back, Marty. <laughs> you gotta um, come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the auto dist- uh, destruct sequence initiates and kills all the Klingons aboard, destroying the original enterprise. The saucer just blows the fuck up, and everything blows the fuck up and makes a bunch of sound, which doesn't happen in space. Yeah. Um, no. But it like it's, it's big it explosions be. and shit. Uh, the saucer like disintegrates, and the rest of the ship is knocked out of orbit and into the atmosphere of the Genesis planet. Uh, watching his beloved ship disintegrate in the atmosphere on a ridge, Kirk asks Bones for advice. McCoy says Kirk did what he had to do and what he's always done: turn death. So apparently, into a fighting chance to live. My apologies. Uh, <clears throat> apparently, the scene where they are on the mountain, they're watching the Enterprise like crash to the planet mm-hmm. and all fucked up. Uh, so apparently, they had to film that scene a lot of times <laughs> because in that scene, they're all supposed to be watching a tennis ball on a broomstick, <laughs> and they all they couldn't get them all to look at the tennis ball at the same time. So it was like a very frustrating and long day of like filming that scene over and over again. <laughs> which I think it's really funny. Oh which 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 one do you think like just wouldn't concentrate on the tennis ball? William Shatner. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. just like looking at other shit, and like someone on set had like boobs, and he's he just probably, like staring. Will. He's probably trying to oversell Will. it too. He's like, <laughs> he's like, and they're like, Sorry. no, just look at the tennis in, ball. In this, <laughs> look I can't breathe ball. in this girdle. Keep falling asleep. <laughs> also, I can see DeForest Kelly just being like, "I'm watching the damn ball. <laughs> I'm watching my, <laughs> I'm watching my goddamn ball game. I can't." Keep. T- I don't watch goddamn tennis. <laughs> tennis is for yeah, pussies, like, like, <laughs> dude. Like I, I just imagine DeForest Kelly arguing <laughs> with fucking Leonard Nimoy between every single. Thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> a goddamn like, tennis ball? Aren't you some kind of American? What the <laughs> fuck are we doing here, huh? Watching a tennis ball? <laughs> I'm supposed to have emotion for a fucking tennis ball? <laughs> <laughs> DeForest, we're gonna add a add a ship in and and, and if you if you want people to have an emotion. Maybe you should make it a vaccine. <laughs> Don't get me. Make me get vaccinated. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm what's part of the dark MAGA. <laughs> um, so on Genesis, Sulu detects life forms with his tricorder just a few kilometers away. Or miles for our listeners. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> the, the planet's scripture. Scripture? 
Uh, the the <laughs> meanwhile, the planet's structure is beginning to stabilize, just like Jesus Christ. Mm. Scripture. Um, back <laughs> with Spock and Savick. Spock is experiencing painful physical changes as he throws one of his Klingon guards to his death. And he just like <laughs> throws him really hard and he hits his head and he's dead. And it's yeah. awesome. It's like, it's so cool. Dude, that shit ruled. Yeah, it really I ruled. love the scene where he throws him, he throws him so far. <laughs> and he just goes like, Rah! Uh, so, He is that horny. Yeah. So then Spock's face. Is, that's what happens. It's just part of it's the Jesus like, allegory. That's what happened with Jesus. After he got he was, too horny and. Came yeah. back after he, after, <laughs> after he was resurrected. He took a Roman soldier. I was just like, he was like super horny. He's like, ah, and took a Roman soldier and threw him, yeah. and killed him instantly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Jesus, uh-huh. Jesus had too much uh, come in his balls, so he came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah since yeah, he's yeah. the son of God, he had a come hump. The come leg, the yeah. come leg. Yeah, <laughs> he had to drain it. <laughs> That's when they, uh-huh. they nailed his feet to the cross, like <laughs> started dripping cum out of one of his feet. <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, nice. So uh, Spock's face is morphing like uh, American werewolf in Paris style. Mm-hmm. It's just like yeah. <laughs> bumping out and shit. <laughs> the uh, the crew of the Enterprise eventually find them, and Kirk kills the final Klingon guard with a phaser. Uh, McCoy examines Spock, who now appears to be around the age when he died. Meanwhile, Kirk tends to the body of David, his dead son. Covering him with his cool leather jacket. Uh, yep. Savick eulogizes him, telling Kirk he was a hero for giving his life to save her and Spock. McCoy, uh, McCoy notes that Spock is rapidly aging, but has no real consciousness, as McCoy himself possesses Spock's mentality. So, do you think he doesn't remember fucking then? Because that must suck. And also, like, that's also kind of like, you know... Savic kind of like fuck not only a kid but kind of a um <laughs> a special <laughs> needs kid. Like, yes. It's like there's uh, there's a lot of ethics here that I don't think were really considered when writing the script. She had to do what she had no. to do. Like they could have really just done yeah, without the pawn far or made it something, you know, not having sex with a child. Plus, maybe? plus since he, plus yeah. he, he aged like like how like 50 years so he had had to have multiple pond fires in yeah, that time true like do you think he like <laughs> became the age of consent while they were fucking and if that happens <clears throat> is it like what what's the legality behind that if you're having sex with someone before they're legal but like it turns midnight on the day they turn legal <laughs> they turn into a go- gremlin i mean this is the most libertarian <laughs> thought fucking <laughs> this <Yeah>. is <laughs> This is libertarian philosophy oh. right here. This is all they talk about. Well, did they have sex or did they just do, was that just a calming thing? No, that was pawn far, baby. They were pawn faring. That's why they were sleeping together afterwards when uh, they were yeah. caught. Because they pawned the far out, baby. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Pawn well, far I, I kinda, out, man. I kind of feel like he was like maybe like, he looked like a like a 18, 19 year old at that time. That's looked oh, is that the argument you use in court? She looked <laughs> like an eighteen or nineteen Look, year old I'm at making, that I'm time. Not, I'm not making any excuses for Savick. Like, but, yeah, don't because she's she's kind of. That's sketchy. why she's not. That's why she's not in four. Yeah. Oh, wait, is she? No, no she, she, stays, in, she, she stays on Vulcan. I think. She's in one more. I think. Right. Uh no, it's, that's a different character in six. Savick. I think she's on one more film. It might be the next one. I mean. Yeah, I think she. I think she's briefly in four. Yeah, can't um, remember. Uh, we'll find out next week. Omar. Yeah. Um, we will. So. Oh man. 
course so good. Mm-hmm. It's so exciting. So Kirk calls up Krug and taunts him. It's like, your crew's dead. Uh, I'm going to come aboard and kick your fucking ass, you little bitch boy. Uh, beam me on up. And Krug's like, no. Um, instead, Krug beams down to the planet and holds everybody at phaser point, ordering Maltz, uh, who's the only Klingon left on the ship, to beam up everybody except for Kirk and Spock, <laughs> who Krug intends to deal with himself. Uh, Krug demands Genesis, even though Kirk protests that the project is a failure. I also, also remember, like, uh, he's like, Spock, Kirk is like, please beam up my friend here. Beam, beam, oh, beam up, beam up Spock. And, and Kirk's like, like, no, I won't do it. And he's like, why? Because you want me to. Yeah. I'm like, I that was awesome. What a big baby. Yeah. It was, it was, it was he's funny. He's like, because you desire it. Or yeah, it, was, yeah. it was really petty, but I really enjoyed that. Yeah, it was yeah. sick. I was like, nice. And once again, like, Christopher Lloyd rocks in this role. He's like, he rocks he's, in every role. He I steals love every scene in this film, and it's yeah. really good. Uh, okay, you guys, this is time for my ultimate Christopher Lloyd thing. Okay. Uh, you got to talk about this. This is the best anecdote that I read in my entire researching of this film. Huh? I literally, I laughed out loud <laughs> so hard that it hurt my throat earlier <laughs> after reading this. Was it okay. after Deep Throating so too? <clears throat> this is listed on the Wikipedia page. According to, or not Wikipedia, sorry, this is on IMDb. According to the Robin Curtis, or sorry, according to Robin Curtis in the Blu-ray making of documentary, Christopher Lloyd didn't fully understand the use of communicators. Yes. He would often shout his lines into the air rather than speak into the communicator. We talked about this earlier. Uh, He had been, he had to be repeatedly told not to yell at the sky. That's so cool. (laughs) And he did it anyway in the scene, like where he's on the planet before the enterprise shows up. He he just looks at the sky and yells, bring me up. (laughs) Yeah. Bring me up. We love that. I love him. He's so he rules. He does rule. Yeah. And and before this, which is weird, because he wanted to do this role because he's a huge fan of Star Trek. Yet he doesn't understand communicators yeah. at all. Like, how can you not? Under, it's like a fucking walkie-talkie. Do you not understand yeah. walkie-talkies? They were around back then. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Oh. I believe him that he didn't know what a walkie-talkie is, though. Like, I, I believe that about Amazing. Chris. Yeah, we don't know much about his, like, personal life or how he is. Mm-hmm. You know, he could just be a total yeah. weirdo. <laughs> Definitely. So, Krug here is infuriated, and uh, the him and Kirk and Krug fight up a cliff onto... Um, they fight like up a mountain and then fall onto a cliff in mm-hmm. this cliff. Like they're in like kind of like the badlands, you know, like some cliffs and shit. But suddenly they're in fucking like the lava world from the <laughs> Star Trek Three. Mustafar. Mustafar. Yeah. There. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like everything's lava mm-hmm. and like lava rock. That's it. That's everything that's around them. I yeah. mean, I mean, you're not wrong. This is the lava world from Star Trek 3, but it's also the lava world from Star Wars. 3. Oh, that, yeah. Mustafar <laughs> is from Star Wars. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. yeah there we go. That's Whatever. what I thought you said for some reason. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what, that's what I meant. We, oh yeah. Groog. Yeah. I have we, the we high know. ground. <laughs> that's, that's what I meant. But yeah, yeah. I made the high ground. Yeah. Yeah. So, like so. <laughs> yeah. Whatever Star it Trek, Star Wars, they're like, the same I mean, thing. Sort of. That's mm-hmm. that's the point of this podcast is to point out that Star Trek and Star Wars are literally the exact same thing. Oh yeah, everybody knows it. Everybody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. We need that. We need uh, that crossover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so really. they're fighting on this cliff, uh, and a portion of it 
falls off, which Krug is on, and it breaks off, leaving him clinging for his life. Kirk offers his hand to save him, but Krug selfishly uh, grabs Kirk's leg and tries to drag him to his death with him. Kirk kicks him in his bitch-ass face three times. <laughs> He's like, I'm fucking done with your bitch Ass. And then and he, he falls for so long. He falls for so long. And then like yeah. falls into the lava and like there's a plume of like fire uh, indicating that yeah. he's he's totally fucked. Yeah. He's going it's to actually a tight like way to go. Yeah. yeah he's going to special Stobo car. He's just, oh, they're he like, is. you died in the most epic fucking way possible. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Dude, definitely. They're gonna be stoked in Stovo it, yeah. it'd, it'd, it'd be way cooler if he like just ended up in Christian hell. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. It's like, well, happened. you were killed by someone who believed in God, so mm-hmm. it's uh it's hard to explain. He made the sign of the cross over your <laughs> over your corpse. So so now you're in Christian heaven. <laughs> Get ready to pray, motherfucker. Uh, Kirk Kirk finds Spock who is now physically the age when he died Kirk impersonates uh, wait oh yeah so Kirk impersonates uh, Kirk on the comm and tricks Maltz into beaming him aboard the bird of prey Maltz the last remaining Klingon there surrenders to Kirk who gives him the option to either help or die Malk chooses not to help and Kirk oh, yeah. says, fine, I'll kill you later, which is a really fun line, mm-hmm. um, but not very becoming of an animal. Uh, the rest of the crew figure out the Klingon systems and set a course for Vulcan as Genesis disintegrates behind them. Kirk mourns for David briefly and then orders Maltz to be taken prisoner. Maltz protests. And then Maltz is like, yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's like, like I, I you, thought you said you'd kill me. <laughs> what are you, I, th- I thought you were going to do the Texas thing. What, what are you doing? <laughs> I want to die. And he's like, and Kirk's like, I lied. Yeah. Which is also a pretty yeah. cool line, but it'd be cooler if also you just pretty- like killed him. That'd be yeah. way cooler. Yeah. Because really it's like, yeah, That'd not respecting brutal, yeah. his cultural beliefs. That's true. He's not respecting his religion. That's very true. Yeah. Wow, because this is that like that's a fate worse than death being taken prisoner. That's true, yeah, because he's gonna end up in uh, Varja Death, going to whatever that shit is. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the Klingon medical bay, McCoy is trying to communicate with Spock's unconscious body. McCoy tells Spock of the uh, Katra he gave him right before his death, recalling the word remember, still unresponsive. Bones gets emotional and says something he never thought he'd say. That he's missed Spock since his death, and he doesn't know if he can stand to lose him again, which is actually a nice emotional moment for mm-hmm. Bones. Especially because like, earlier in the film when he finds out about the Katra, he's like, that green-blooded bastard! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bones he's is like, like yeah. I'm going to tell you something, Spock, that I never thought I'd say, but there's a... Uh... Maybe there's no basement under Comet Ping Pong. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I gotta say something, Spock. You're one of the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I have one Vulcan friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can't be racist. <laughs> I have a Vulcan uh-huh. friend. <laughs> he also hates most Vulcans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I even held his catra for a while. I know his thoughts. Mm-hmm. His beliefs are completely aligned with my own. <laughs> 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 Truly, 
where we go one, we went all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the Klingon ship yeah. arrives at Vulcan and lands near Mount... Uh, it auto-corrected it to Selena, but whatever. So, oh, so, like, uh, Mount Castlevania. <laughs> where it is greeted by... <laughs> oh, that would be sick if that Castlevania music going. When yeah, that there. would rule. Dude, yeah. So uh, where it is greeted by <laughs> Sarek and Uhura. I'm surprised they didn't just blow a Klingon ship out of the sky. It's Vulcan. Like, they're not yeah. friends. How did Uhura yeah. get off of Earth? Oh, she got off a lot from the guy in the closet afterwards. She oh, held yeah. him at gunpoint. Uh-huh. She's like, yeah. eat my pussy, baby. <laughs> and fucking, like... But I feel like she'd probably be like, uh, you know, she like wouldn't anyone be notified that she had just like held another crewman at gunpoint and put him into. Oh, no, she killed him. She vaporized him. him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She (laughs) disrupted all of his molecules and she transporter accidented him. So no one would ever know. She's like, oh, it was an accident. Just like uh, what happened a few films ago. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, uh, Klingon ship arrives. Spock's body is telepathically transported to the top of the mountain, and a ceremony is performed by the Vulcan priestess Talar, who determines that Spock is in fact alive. Now, the set here looks amazing. Yeah. So this is not a set. This is the only time they filmed on location Whoa. in the entire film. Oh, uh, interesting. The rest of the film was that was filmed entirely on sound stages, but this is the one like on location day of shooting that they did. Okay. Um, it's at some kind of like gallery or like museum or something yeah it looks really cool yeah. it's like really cool kind of really like cool, yeah. 80s deco ish it's yeah it looks really cool um yeah it looks like a metal metal cover yeah you can you it does you, you can yeah. definitely tell that like uh the crew are not there like all the vulcan people are there doing the ceremony but the the crew are just like uh in this different area and they're just like against <laughs> a wall and there's like a bunch of smoke machines Mm-hmm. But there's not like a bunch of smoke in the Vulcan area, and so you're like, wait, what? <laughs> They're lighting Where are they? They're lighting incense and stuff. They got the patchouli going. Yeah, yeah. They, they got the sage going. Renewal. Oh, yeah, sage. Oh, they got the sex candles going. Mm. They're gonna do some. Uh, what do the Red Hot Chili Peppers call it? Blood, <laughs> sex, sugar, magic. Yeah, Ooh. they're rolling up their sleeves like he's got a lot of pond far to catch up to. <laughs> <laughs> we we've got to jerk him off all night at least. Yeah. To like he's got he's got two legs full of cum. This guy. <laughs> Uh-huh. He's he's leaking out his Those torso. Those old Vulcan dudes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like lemon party up in there, man. Just bring an industrial vat of lube, and they're just like, oh, "It's going to be a long night." <laughs> so, um, Sarah Kirk- save his life. <laughs> uh, Sarah requests that his son's katra and body be reunited in the fall torpan ceremony, despite being informed of the risk involved. Bones gladly agrees to go along with this. Talar begins a mind meld on Spock and McCloy. The ceremony lasts all night, like transferring all of your porn from an external hard drive to another. <laughs> T- uh, Talar leaves and Bones tells Kirk that he's okay from the stress of the ceremony. Kirk asks Sarek how Spock is doing, and he simply says, Only time will answer. Sirk asks Kirk if the price he paid with the loss of the Enterprise and his son was worth it, and Kirk replies that if he hadn't tried, he would have paid the ultimate price with his own soul. And when you think about it, a lot of people, a lot of people, especially aboard the Jism, lost their life entirely because of Kirk here. 
Uh, not necessarily. No, no. Yeah. It is entirely because of Kirk. Because the Genesis oh, Project, yeah, the whole yeah. thing, everything that happened in the last film would not have happened without Kirk. And Kirk made the final call on launching Spock's body, which mm. is the only life sign, onto planet Genesis instead of taking it back to Earth or like uh, burying him on Vulcan or whatever. Yeah. Like, why did he launch him onto Genesis? Like, it's all fucking Kirk's fault. Everyone in this movie <laughs> has died directly because of the actions of James T. Kirk. Yeah. And T stands for terrible because he's always <laughs> fucking up. <laughs> yeah. He fucked it all up. But he was like, it's worth it. I'll, I have I'll command kill, of a I'll ship. I'll my son killed. <laughs> I don't care. I'll blow up the jism. I don't care. <laughs> I just want my boyfriend back. My Vulcan boyfriend. Come on. Yeah, he yeah he pretty much forgets about David almost instantaneously. <laughs> He's just well, like he, yeah. he well, already he forgot about him for days. like thirty years. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. <laughs> He's just like I got my boyfriend like my back. Dad. Fuck you, David. Mm. Never so, going to make that mistake again. <laughs> uh, but Kirk replies that if he hadn't tried, he would have paid the ultimate price with his own soul. Mm. Whatever. He would have just been sad because his boyfriend's gone. Yeah. Spock, now conscious, walks past the group, uh, flanked by two Vulcan priests, and they're all wearing um, like these uh, bathrobes from a resort, but it's like a yeah. Zelda-themed resort because they have <laughs> Triforces on them. Pretty cool. They look comfy. I'd wear it. Yeah, yeah. They're really nice. Uh -huh. um, yeah, yeah. I like those robes. <clears throat> right? At first, Spock doesn't regard them, but removes his hood and turns back around, trying to remember memories of the crew. He approaches Kirk and tells him that Sarek informed him that he was his friend and that he came back for him. Kirk replies that Spock would have done the same for him. Spock asks Kirk why he would do such a thing. Remembering his dying words, Kirk explains that in this instance, the needs of the one outweighs the needs of the many, which once again, likely hundreds of people died <laughs> in order to save Spock. Why was that? Why? Why is only, why does Kirk determine that Spock's life was worth so many people's fucking lives? It's really, it bothers me. It's, I think Kirk's yeah. a piece of shit for doing <laughs> all of this. Like everything Kirk has done in the last two films is fucking dumb. Oh yeah. It's bad and dumb and he fucks up a lot. Yeah. And like a lot of people die because of Kirk's very, very, very bad decisions all going back to original TOS when he marooned the fucking um, Khan and the rest of them mm -hmm. on, on uh, Alpha or Saturi, whatever five. Mm -hmm. It's like Seti Alpha five. Seti Alpha mm -hmm. five. Thank you. Um, Kirk's a fucking idiot. Kirk is like yeah. Kirk. I think might Kirk's the worst captain. Kirk's but, the worst captain. But in we're Star happy Trek. that he got his boyfriend back. We are. Yeah. My boyfriend back. Yeah, there just had to be lots and lots of blood that had to be spilled for it. Oh, yeah, the and, the and the jism yeah the jism yeah, the jism had to explode in order for him to yeah. get his boyfriend back. And then Spock had to explode uh, all over Bavik. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is like yeah, like Kirk's like you had heterosexual sex. <laughs> Um, and Savick was supposed to was like I read possible? like Savick was supposed to have like Spock's son or something. Oh man, Kirk's like. I, I thought you were saving that leg for me. <laughs> um, so. Uh, yeah, Kirk gets into like one of the torpedo tube coffins and just like fill her up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to die happy. I want to drown in you. Just close it. 
<laughs> I want a se- sensory deprivation tank where my only sense yeah. is Spock's come. Um, Spock yeah. suddenly encounters a memory and tells Kirk, I have been and ever shall be your friend. Kirk confirms this. Spock asks if the Enterprise is out of danger from Khan. Kirk tells Spock that thanks to him it is, and that he saved everybody. Although he then again killed like everybody else in this film. Suddenly, Spock says, Jim, your name is Jim. (laughs) Kirk is very excited by this revelation. Dr. McCoy taps his finger to his head and the rest of the crew crowd around Spock to welcome him back. And Sulu touches his nipple. Yeah. The end of the yeah. movie. One of six of them. One of credit. One of six. He has two two dick nipples, though, so eight. Yeah. <laughs> right. Roll credits. Like That's... the Vulcans are like cows. Like it's got like a bunch of Oh nips. the Vulcans like they're 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 uh they evolved from cats. Ah. Uh, okay. So they got them six nips. Barbs on the end of their penis. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Now we're getting a better picture of what the the, the pond far is all about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice cool yep uh, so yeah. uh yeah what what do you guys think of this film any more commentary on it i Anything? yeah what what yeah. you, you got i don't have to go first but i have some thoughts go for it okay all right i okay i'm gonna say some shit it's controversial shit uh, i know i accept takes. it except what it is i fucking love this movie nice. i like this movie more than Wrath of I, I'm not saying the Wrath of Khan is bad. I just like this one more. Mm-hmm. I think it's more fun. Uh, hmm. And that's just my take on it. I, and, and a lot of that is nostalgia. And I know Definitely, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched a lot as a kid. But watching it now, it was a lot of fun to watch. I really like the visuals. I think that like the, <laughs> the neon lights that they use a lot are, are fun. It has like a very distinct aesthetic to it. Uh, and it's like, it's stupid. But it's fun. And it's <laughs> fun in the right kind of stupid ways. At least for me. And I, I think it's great. I think it's really fun. So, I don't know. That's what I think about it. What do you got, Pat? I mean, yeah. I mean, I do have, yeah, like, as you said, like, a lot of nostalgia for it. But, yeah, I mean, I would have liked more Christopher Lloyd. Definitely. Definitely. Like, like yeah. Lloyd eats the shit up. He's yeah. really good. Um, like, I think he would have also been, like, a really cool con-like adversary. Mm-hmm. One yeah. thing I got to say too here is um, the script isn't nearly as tight as the previous film, especially mm-hmm. when it comes That's to the true. dialogue. Like the yeah. dialogue is snappy and super tight in Wrath of Khan, especially, true, but is. also we're missing Spock here. And like a big, the the core of Wrath of Khan is like all the dialogue between uh, Bones, Kirk and Spock is amazing. Yeah. And we don't have Spock here to really do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but even no... then, like Bones sucks in this movie for the most part. He seems I... drunk or high half the film. <laughs> right. Towards rocks. I feel like Scotty is a lot more fun. And yeah, yeah, Scotty is pretty film. fun here. Yeah, he's 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 some good comic relief, and I like when he fucking uh, yells at the the the, the tube. Mm-hmm. That's that's really fun. Yeah. Plus, uh, I, yeah. Uh, um, I would have liked it if they didn't kill off David. Like, just because it feels... Oh, it, are you a David Stan now? Not, not a David Stan, but uh-huh. I feel like it's a... Like, they introduced David in the in the last film. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they could have done more with him. Oh, did you hope that it was yeah. uh, Star Trek IV, The Search for David? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, would have just liked if... Like, like, it's just bizarre to, like, kill him off in such a, in such a like, you know, way where it's just like, okay, yeah. well, that's done, and... 
than just like okay we got to move on to the next thing like yeah. it should have had very more emotional yeah it should have had more, more emotional weight on kirk and they yeah. and they and uh, and they didn't really build the uh connection between them so not at it, all no so it didn't feel they didn't even talk in this film at all did they they didn't even communicate no at all. they didn't communicate oh. so yeah so like his so the the loss of david for him just seemed they did on the communicator like once or twice uh, with a klingon so. yeah so like the loss is kind of like doesn't have any sort of emotional impact for me mm-hmm. like it's like okay yeah, well he's really, dead yeah. like he kind of sucked yeah, he <laughs> but yeah yeah, I, I thought this film was pretty good. It was actually better than I remembered. I remembered it being yeah. a lot like slower paced, but at least I, I think one of the biggest strengths of this movie, um, but also one of its biggest weaknesses, I think, is it's so much shorter than the other two films. It's only like a yeah. uh, hundred minutes long or something like that. It's like a good 20 minutes shorter than either of the other films that we've watched so far. Mm-hmm. And in as much it, it, because the plot feels kind of like an episode it's not so long that it feels like a episode that's like just way too fucking long, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's not, yeah. it's like, it doesn't feel as, you know, urgent as wrath of Khan and it's not as mm-hmm. action filmy and it's, it's a little slower paced, but at the same time, because it's shorter, I think that's a good thing. But as you said, it would have been a lot nicer to see like a lot more Christopher Lloyd. Cause he fucking rocks on this right. film yeah. right. and he's fun to watch but like just him and like Kirk just going like I'm even more drag out like fucking yeah all out fight Re- really I feel like this movie suffers from too much Kirk more than anything yeah Kirk isn't right. great in this movie but almost every scene revolves around him yeah and I'm not a huge fan of that I think they could have focused I on other people that. or like you know actually build some rapport with other characters or Re- build the rapport with him and David. Yeah, or, you know, what would have been cool is to have, you know, him, and because you don't have Bones in commission, because he's all fucked up right now, mm-hmm. you know, maybe have him build a better rapport with Chekhov, and I, he did with Scotty a little bit, yeah. but, like, Chekhov was yeah. fucking quiet yeah. this entire film. He was. Even though he was playing the role of Spock as science officer. Yeah. And, you know. And, of yeah. course, you heard, was this, like, left on Earth and didn't have anything to do <laughs> yeah her that, I mean, she, that she, she gets that one scene though which is a great scene it is a good her. scene mm-hmm. uh, but is. yeah you're right like she doesn't get a lot and like i i think that you're i, I agree with everything you, that you said mm-hmm. uh that being said there are some great little character moments in mm-hmm. also in this, in this one like, also there, there's like the there's the mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. there's the sulu moments like yeah. him i do like i do tiny, like sulu being, being a little catty and fun yeah yeah right but um, but the problem is though with, with Sulu is all of that pretty much is not dependent on anybody else there. Like true, it's his. He's just doing his own things. Most of the mm-hmm. time, it's not story dependent, and it doesn't really build Sulu, and no. it doesn't build right. his relationship with the other characters. And that's I think my big problem with this is like it all revolves around Kirk yeah. and how he feels about other people, and like mm-hmm. because the whole thing is Kirk fucked up way long ago, caused you know Wrath of Khan to happen. And he made some decisions that fucked up a lot of things, including Spock dying. And now he makes a lot of decisions here where a lot of people die again Mm -hmm. to save Mm -hmm. Spock, to fix his mistake from before. And so I'm like, fuck Kirk. Kirk sucks. (laughs) Kirk is, he's just fixing all of the problems he creates in these films. Mm -hmm. Right. The story is frustrating. I, mm-hmm. I will give you that. Like, and, and when focusing on the story, like when you break it down, it gets even more frustrating. Yeah. Because yeah. there's all these like 
inconsistencies or just like bad decisions made by the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just Kirk. Said, like, Kirk the, is making the bad right. decisions. Right, right. Yeah. But it's all revolving around Kirk. So yeah, like, which is the problem. And so like change everything, right? And yeah. so, yeah, I, I get that yeah. maybe like he was a character that a lot of people could connect with, especially back in the 80s, you know, a white male. And, they, you know, of course. But like the more you look at him, the more he's just kind of an idiot, toxic piece of shit mm-hmm. who's like only concern is getting control of the Enterprise in every fucking film. Every film. Mm-hmm. Like the missionary, uh, the mission is secondary. He's just like, I need the Enterprise. That's the one through line in all of the fucking films. Also, like, I'm just realizing, like, they didn't really send any other ships after him. That's the thing, too. In all of these <laughs> yeah. films, it's just the Enterprise versus yeah. everything else. It's like, okay, like, they, they disable the Excelsior, but, mm-hmm. like, there was a million other ships inside the space dock. Oh, no, no. There's another ship that you see that's in the space dock. Yeah. Like, yeah. Literally yeah. just another ship in there. They didn't send that <laughs> ship after him. So. Yeah. No, it was they. They didn't test that one yet. Yeah, <laughs> it was getting a refit. But yeah, he's just they just yeah. like they just shrug their shoulders and just like, well, here we go again. Mm-hmm. Like he's gonna go do like the something and fucking and then against our fleet. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then after this, like they should all be in prison in the next film, right? They right. stole. Well, well it, it's pretty much uh, starts off exactly after that, and mm. they just go back in time. So. Oh, that's that's true. That's yeah. true. But, but, then, but then they and they do such an awesome job of saving the world that they just like, oh damn it. That, yeah, that's the problem. I love <laughs> I love Star Trek. I guess we'll get into that more. But still, like, yeah. they are never held to account for all of the fucked up things they do and all of the lives lost because of them. <laughs> yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. Like, yeah. like Kirk is never held accountable, and that's that's very frustrating to me because he's kind of a piece of shit. Kind mm, of right. a piece of shit. That's fair. That's fair. Mm. But, yeah. but 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 um, that said. It's it's a good film. Um, it's you know, fun. it's like the, the the pacing mm. makes sense for the story they're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and like yeah. the scenes are fun because the characters, or, sorry, the actors playing the characters seem to be having a good time for the most. Like, some, of them, of some of them, some of them. Most bones seem stoned. Yeah, but uh, stone bones. Yeah, he seems. Mad, he's, but he, yeah. he's always mad. also all the cling, all the cling, all the Klingon scenes are awesome. Yeah, they are. Like, they are. Um, right. but also uh, that that said. I think two things here that I think to me at least are like just worse than the, the two previous films are the music and the special effects. I mean, they're, they're good, but they should be better. And you know, uh, the, the score especially is fine. There's some cool themes, but it just, it's not as frantic and it doesn't fit the mood quite as well as wrath of Khan. And it's not the fucking best score, like the motion picture, but nothing is. And it also kind of follows like, if I thought also if David is, was going to be killed, it should it probably should have been Wrath of Khan. Yeah, that would have made sense. Like if like, Khan because, killed him or something, that yeah, would have been because, higher stakes. Mm-hmm, because uh-huh. then we're just like introducing this character and just kill him off unceremoniously. Uh, yeah, and I, I don't by this other, and it should have just been like a whole other conflict. Yeah, I don't love the idea of bringing in a villain that's never mentioned before for a film and killing him off by the end. But they do that with almost every Star Trek film from here on out. They, they also do that for like every Marvel film. It's a very like action film. Yeah, which is like, know, eh, there's probe. some, but there's so many good villains like in the canon that they could choose from and whatever. Yeah, I like, I like Krug. Like he's, he's good. Yeah. He's good. But he's like, 
I don't know. They they could have done some other stuff with him, or they could have not killed Krug. Yeah, or just have like brought, um, brought Krug back in some way, and have yeah. a, have him in a situation that doesn't revolve around the Genesis planet, mm-hmm. and it's but, not I mean, just a continuation of the last. Yeah, yeah no. cause like yeah, I mean obviously they needed the Genesis planet to bring back Spock, but mm. like a whole other story would have been pretty sick. Would have been all, all right. Yeah. All right. I get it. And, uh, you yeah. know, uh, Nicholas Myers was conflicted about making the film because yeah. of that. And I get his confliction, but at the same time, he's yeah. like, yeah, but at the same time, I think they sh- should have brought Scott Bach back. And I agree with that too. Yeah. So it's like, it was a hard decision. And like, this was a necessary film to the franchise, I guess. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, to me, it's not quite as good as two or one. That's just to me though. But it is what it is. I mean, it is. it's not bad though. It's yeah, definitely not bad. not bad. And you know, it's, it's not the worst of the original Star Trek films. Yeah. Definitely not. No. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> uh, Just wait till the TNG with, movies. <laughs> oh yeah. There, there you go. Uh, with There's that, speaking of the worst bad ones of the series, <laughs> uh, yeah. is it time for some subspace transmission? Let's get into that booty, baby. Hells yeah. Subspace Transmissions. Subspace Transmissions. Oh my god. It's time to look at some Trek comments on the internet. Um, So, I went and checked. I, I did a variety of research uh, about this film after watching it. And, you know, one of the things that I looked at was the uh, Rotten Tomatoes score and the IMDb rating and the Metacritic rating, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Rotten Tomatoes score, it has 78% mm-hmm. critical uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, which is a little surprising to me. Yeah, the 66% audience score, that makes sense to me. Yeah, and you know what's interesting is in the like the general critical like reactions to this film, it seems to be very divided, like mm. very divisive. Like a lot of people really like it, a lot of people really don't, and mm. a lot of people are in the middle. And it's it's just kind of all over the place. And it, wait, it makes sense. It's kind of in line with our own impressions of it. You know, mm. it's mm-hmm. a it's a film that I I can understand people liking, and I can also understand people not liking. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, we are going to go into some. Uh, some letterbox reviews, but before we do that, we're going to take a peek at uh, an IMDb review from Angelo C., who says, on January 26th, 2022, one of the best Trek movies. Can't stand disco or CBS pure garbage. <laughs> but the garbage is capitalized, so they're talking about garbage at the band. Oh, right. shit. Pure garbage, yeah. Which is Ooh, an interesting... Yeah. Interesting. I don't I don't really get the comparison, but okay. Yeah. Pure okay. Maybe maybe, maybe is garbage is on some CBS owned uh record label. Or yeah, and they they're putting out a all like um uh easy listening album like Pure Moods, so they're just calling it Pure Garbage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll cool. take it. On to Letterboxd. Sarah C gives Star Trek 3 the search for Spock, 3 stars out of 5. Says, "I too <laughs> Would like to direct a movie where I come back as Jesus at the end. I would like to direct a movie where yeah. I come on Jesus at the end. I mean, hey, we, but we, only if he's got forehead ridges like the Klingon. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. we do talk about Shatner's ego a lot, you know, and this is very telling about uh, mm-hmm. Nimoy's. Yeah, yeah. But like, it, it's yeah, it's Nim- very like this. Yeah. This song is very. Or sorry, this this film is very masturbatory towards Spock. I mm-hmm. feel like. 
Yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah it's Spockturbation, but like that's what the fans want. <laughs> yeah. It's what I want yeah. when I when I watched this film and I got that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, all right, yeah. all right. Uh, Lunch Enjoyer gives Star Trek: <laughs> The Search for Spock three stars out of five and says. Would you let your own son die to hang out with your best friend one more time? <laughs> the answer is yes. I let, <laughs> I let a ton of my own sons die like all over a sock after, right after we're done with this podcast, fellas. Thanks, man. That's I mean, great. really, he was like, you know, he was like a bad son anyway. He was kind of like, you know. What'd he do? He made a crack. He was a bad son. Kirk was a shitty father. Kirk was the worst father. (laughs) He wasn't a bad son. Well, I'm saying because he made a shitty, he he made a shitty Genesis thing that didn't Uh even work. He made, he did a bad, like science project. So he's a bad son. uh He couldn't do the hammer throws. He couldn't, he couldn't defend himself against the Klingon. So it's like, what is he really missing? Also, like the day after he met Kirk, he was like, I'm proud that you're my dad. He's such a wuss. He's like, I don't even know you, bro. He's like, what? Uh, All right, Dan. Uh, Nice talking to you. I feel sorry for you. I don't think about you at all. Uh, No, it's Dan. Dan. Definitely Dan. I'll call you Dan. That's my Uh, nickname for you, kid. All right? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Dads have nicknames for their sons. (coughs) Yeah. Uh, So, Will Meneker... Gives Star Trek three the of Chapo Trap House. Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) Gives two stars out of five. Says the one where Lieutenant Savick uses a Vulcan mind meld to dryjack the rapidly aging, newly resurrected body (laughs) of Spock so he doesn't go insane from Ponfar. Lots of goofy bullshit in this one, including the scene mentioned above where Savick jacks off a teenage Spock's fingers. Keep him calm. Yep. I also like the bit where Kirk's bimbo son reveals he <laughs> cut all kinds of corners in his science project that can create a planet out of nothing that rapidly develops and then blows up in a few weeks. <clears throat> Christopher Lloyd is great as Crooge, ably taking up the mantle of Star Trek villains going full ham mode from Montalban. But after Kirk kicks him off a cliff, the movie goes on for another 20 minutes to portray, uh, sorry, to portray some corny Vulcan ritual. Mm. Not the worst Star Trek movie, but still pretty ass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's Thank fair. Thank you, Will Miniker from Chopper Trap House. Yeah, I mean, it does. that is true. Like, it kind of, like, leads to a conclusion and, like, has to have that silly... Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 I mean, I like the sets and shit on the, the final 20 minutes, but like, honestly, the, the final scene where like yeah. Spock is talking to him is a shitty final scene. And the end where it's just yeah. like a freeze frame of fucking everyone touching Spock. And the adventure sucks. continues. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention the very end of the film. It, it just has a title thing, title card that says, and the adventure continues. I'm like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. I hate that. I hated that so much. That was just a bad directorial decision. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's what you know what they could Yo, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go for it. Uh, you know what they could have done instead was they could have like had it be like some sort of like time restriction where like they have to get Spock to Vulcan before mm. a certain amount of time runs out if they're gonna get his like brain into his new body or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they could have like 
be cutting between the Vulcan ritual and Kirk fighting Kruge on the planet. Mm. And then the final scene could have been like Kirk finally getting to Vulcan and being like, did you save him? Did you save him? And then Spock just like turns around and it says, hi, Kirk. Oh, and then it yeah. ends, right? Or hi, Jim. And then it ends. Like that That would have been tight. Uh, yeah. Also, is is this roughly the same uh, procedure that they did on um, Strange New Worlds uh, episode five, <laughs> Spock Amok, where they did right. it medically in the med bay? I think it is. <laughs> Because they were just uh-huh. transferring chakras between bodies, mm. but they did that with like human medicine, like uh, I don't know, like what 20, 30, 40 years before. Yeah, that? that's true. Why didn't yeah. they call up Mbenga and be like, "Hey, can we like not do this shit on Vulcan? <laughs> yeah. Can we just do this on our ship like you did?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like they already did to Spock before. Well, that uh, was what, Spock before with, that they did the, that to. With the other with the other one though, the Katras were switched. Okay, um, they were they were taking out McCoy, a Katra. McCoy, McCoy had both in his head, but 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 McCoy doesn't have a Katra. Oh yeah, only Vulcans have yeah. Katras. Damn. So Got they didn't there. they didn't even need to take out McCoy's shit. They just needed to fucking transfer the porn to the other fucking hard drive. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> also, do you think yeah. do you think McCoy had like his spank bank Spock spank bank in his head? Like, do you Definitely. think he was masturbating? He's like. Why am I thinking about Vulcan pussy? I hate those bitches. Um, <laughs> those green-blooded whores. <laughs> so, moving mad. on. They all, Findlay, they all smell bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Findlay gives uh, the film five stars out of five. Ooh, says, Fit Findlay, the, uh, the wrestler? I don't know. No, it's um, actually Fit Findlay. That's the joke. It's not him. Uh, says... Kirk does a backflip and Hura points a gun at a petulant team. When does Kirk do a backflip? Five stars. He he does a backflip when he's fighting Krug. Oh, I I guess I didn't notice that. Yeah, that's that's when he has his... Oh, that's right. No, yeah, when it shows his butt. Yeah, when it shows all that cake that he has or the... the, uh, That was a stunt double, definitely. Oh, yeah, that was definitely a stunt double That stunt double had a juicy (laughs) butt. Yeah. He was, yeah. He, yeah, he could not keep it in. No, no, those yeah. those pants were like containing a yeah. monster. It's like baby. oh, it's so like Shatner. You know, Shatner goes from like some muscle guy with a with a giant ass, and then to back to just being like some flat ass six year old man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. good. Jordan Beaumont Anderson gives the film three stars out of five. It That's definitely Jordan fu- B. Peterson in disguise. <laughs> Jordan B. Anderson. <laughs> Uh, so you have to read it like neon, him. The fumbly neon soak hangover to Wrath of Khan's Rager. Truly breathtaking costuming choices. Drawing from Parliament Funkadelic, yeah, 70s yeah. Jack Kirby, The Pirates of Penzance, Speed yep. Racer, Kurosawa, Habsburg Hussars, and the Ma- Manhattan Reaganite Coke Clubs, as mm-hmm. if seen through a haze of Winston Slim Smoke and Aquavela fumes. Yeah, oh, it yeah. is a very '80s. Like the the costuming is dated. It's extremely '80s. I, yeah. I don't know. I, it's future '80s. Some though. of it is cool, but some of it looks like dog shit. Like some, yeah. like check it's all, a Chekhov's time. jackets. Like uh, several of them. Like Chekhov, the one he has in the bar is yeah. dog shit. Seriously, like the only thing I wouldn't wear is what Chekhov wears. Yeah, but every che- other Chekhov outfit has like three outfits, and they all yeah. suck. Yeah, they all they're all terrible. Scott but. Scotty, I mean, he's just like fine. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. Scotty, doesn't he just spin in the... Uh... He's just wearing that, like, jumpsuit. Yeah, like, he's just wearing the jumpsuit. jumpsuit. Yeah, like... Oh, yeah, everyone he has else a radiation is, suit, too. Like, I... I would wear Sulu's outfit. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's, totally. that's, that's just because you want to get in uh, George Takei's pants, if you know what I mean. Pork Sweats gives the film three yeah. stars out of five. A star for each time I asked, did they find Spock yet? <laughs> Pork Sweats, definitely a Primus fan. That's, uh, oh, definitely, definitely. Probably that dude you saw it at the fucking grocery store. Oh, yeah. There was a dude the other day at the the pizza place in my grocery store who was just like rocking out to Primus's Sailing the Seas of Cheese. And I know that I know that because I walked past the pizza place like three times during like 30 minutes. And it was like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's that's where he'd be if he was listening to it all the way through. Was he was he playing it on something? Yeah, he had like a a boombox or something. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I, I, I was like. Please don't be playing on a phone. Please don't be playing on a phone. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a phone. It was like he was boom playing. Box. A, it was either. Hell I yeah. mean, a boombox, or maybe he. It was like a, a computer or not a fucking speaker. You know, that's awesome. Bluetooth speaker, but yeah, yeah. you should have just rocked out with him. Yeah, I don't. Like, I don't. Yeah, I don't want brother. people to know I listen to Primus. So that's something I keep <laughs> private. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Private Primus. Yeah, people would judge you instantly. I, I, I only listen to uh, Primus on incognito mode. <laughs> yeah, you'd be a you'd be a pariah in your neighborhood. They'd be like, "There's the Primuser, the the Primus pariah, <laughs> yeah, the Primus pariah." Uh, yeah. Pube. Too long. Give Star Trek Three: <laughs> The Search for Spock three and a half stars out of five. Kirstie Alley is replaced, and David is finally killed. So you would think finally? this film would be finally? superior to its predecessor. The Wrath of Khan, not so fast. The woman who replaces Kirstie Alley isn't very good, albeit not a crazy old bird lady nowadays like Alley. And the guy who played, quote unquote, that dumb dildo David died of AIDS in real life. So it makes celebrating his character's fictional death not as fun. This is why we need a cure already. Or maybe there once was a cure and Kirstie Alley ate it. The point oh is, God. there is what no the point. Fuck? People they, I'm die sorry. and come back in these movies. Is he going on an AIDS rant? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like an AIDS rant, yeah. All right, keep going. <laughs> just, just make sure. Yeah, it sounds like an AIDS rant, yeah. Um, planets spring up new life and then destroy themselves. Spaceships are flown around, stolen, blown up, and rebuilt. Nothing matters in the world of Star Trek, so in many ways, Star Trek Three is the most realistic of them all. Shit happens, life moves on, and we just continue to get fatter and grayer. This is why it is more important than ever to book that perfect vacation you have always dreamed about. Priceline.com has the best deals on hotels. <laughs> Try it out today. And then attributed to William Shatner. That's, that's pretty fun. I actually like the ending. Yeah, that rules. So that, that was a fun little review. The AIDS <laughs> rant was fun. In a way that made well, me I mean, they're right. If we had a cure for AIDS, we could make maybe Kirstie Alley ate it. Maybe she <laughs> ate the cure Alley, for AIDS. I, I guess I don't know. Yeah, something. Yeah, maybe Kirstie Alley. That's she ate all thing. the AIDS come, so now <laughs> no one can get AIDS anymore. Whoa, whoa, man, whoa! Uh, rule of two uh, gives the film five stars out of five. Wow, it says. Having been an on-and-off, again, miserable, depressed sack of crap for years, Star Trek III always brings comfort. (laughs) It's dreary and full of shadows and harsh lighting. Crewmates are on the verge of madness and breakdowns. Terraforming death, destruction, renewal, bad makeup on Jim Ignikowski. It has everything. 
Chatner is one of the most parodied actors, but his performance is heartbreaking. <laughs> Love the way this is shot. The Bird of Prey is the best ship since the Falcon, and I'll trade my house for one. What can I say, really? It's my Trek film, and the poster cannot be topped. I do yeah. agree about the poster. Yeah, the poster's, the poster's sick. Um, challenge accepted. I can top anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, Comrade Dewey gives the, the film two stars out of five and says, well, they found Spock. Yeah, but but did Spock find himself? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. guess he did at the end. Uh, no, Spock finds his prostate? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's way back up in there. Stephen Casey gives the film three stars out of five and says, the Klingon bastards are after Peter Gabriel era Genesis, but get Bill Collins. <laughs> I actually made that joke, I think, when we were hanging out today, didn't I? You did make a Genesis joke. Yeah, yes. yeah. When when he was like, I want Genesis. I'm like, or he was like, take me to Genesis. I'm like, but I prefer the, the Peter Gabriel era to <laughs> Phil Collins. Or something. <laughs> no. So it's good yeah. to know some fucking idiot is on Letterboxd. Yeah. Fucking, He's just vibing with him. Yeah, you know. 2018 too, yeah. Cruz uh, would prefer, Cruz is a man of taste and culture and would prefer the Collins era Genesis, which is superior. Mm-hmm. Uh, just Go saying. fuck yourself. Just, you're, no, dude, you're wrong. Invisible Touch is so far and above anything, anything Genesis ever did. Invisible yeah. Touch. Is it, that's what you go to uh, the uh, the truck stop showers for, isn't it? <laughs> no, that's what I go to rubmaps.com. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. That's no, right. that's the visible touch, brother. You want to see that. <laughs> that's not behind a glory hole, dude. <laughs> not, not if you got your eyes closed. That's... Just saying. I feel like <laughs> Things I... don't become invisible if you close your eyes, Spencer. Uh, is Rub Maps, Maybe not for uh, you. Is Rubmaps give uh, sponsoring? <laughs> Uh, speaking of rub maps, so rubmaps.com. Speaking of rub maps, my my local closest um rub place that I could walk to closed down, guys. Oh no. Wow, yeah. how how do you know? Because you I walked it. I I walked past it like almost every I mean not every day, like every week. It's like right in downtown Kirkland. It's only like 4 blocks away from mm-hmm. me. And how uh, often do you get a hand job there? I prefer foot jobs, but you know, I get an oh. HJ probably quarterly. I'd say every fiscal quarter for this uh, for our <laughs> podcast, every fiscal. Well, Britt, <laughs> thanks to rubmaps.com, you can find a new rub place in, in walking distance to you now. It's not within uh-huh. walking distance. The closest one is like Totem Lake. And like, I mean, anything's walking distance if you have the time. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's like it's like 3 or 4 miles. It's like if I want the relaxation of getting an HJ, I don't want the disrelaxation of an 8 eight mile like round trip walk or, or getting in my car even. That's understandable. You don't want to walk there because then you get all sweaty. Yeah. Yeah. If you are suffering from pond far, <laughs> may I, might I suggest rubmaps.com. <laughs> if, if, if you want to get a palm far. If you need instant <laughs> release before you turn, go into a Vulcan rage, go to mm-hmm. rubmaps.com. Savik is waiting for you. Hell oh, yeah. yeah. Molly gives the film four <laughs> stars out of five and says, this was gay as shit. Oh, oh yeah, Molly. We well, she that. probably means it in a good way. She gave it yeah. four stars. No, yeah, that's what I mean. That's why I read it. Like, I'm pretty sure they just mean, like, this film is very has a very strong homosexual undertones to it. And I agree. Yeah. No. It does. Um, yeah, it's, it's uh, about Kirk aborting his son so he can be with his boyfriend. Yeah, he, 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 <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's him, like, giving up being a breeder. 
Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, <a> sunny, <laughs> he's, he's he still breeds, but not in anything that's making a baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Oh. Yeah, he's forsaking. Uh, he's forsaking being a breeder and fully releasing himself into. Mm-hmm. Speaking yeah. of releasing yourself, uh, Morph <laughs> gives Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock five stars out of five. They said we are going to make this movie about the power of gay love conquering all, including literal death and destruction. And they really did it. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad a lot of other people get the subtext that like Kirk is just gay for Spock, and that's what yeah. this entire movie is yeah. about. And he makes all these dumb decisions and like everybody dies because he's like, I need his cock back. It's the search for cock, really. It it's is. the search it for is. the cock that he wants. It's the cock that he misses. Yeah. The search what for cock you... or the search for hole. It depends, you know. Whatever. I mean, that, no, no. That, that was that was V'ger. That was number one. The motion picture oh, right. is the search, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. the search for hole. Yeah, when he was lost in the butthole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you get lost in the sauce, baby. You get lost in the sauce. Sometimes you do. Audrey does not give the film any stars and says, damn, one of the last things David Kirk saw alive was Savick fucking a child for real. That's why he saw that knife. And he's like, I can finally end it. Like, I don't have to look at the, I can, I can cleanse my mind. I can be, I can be pure again. So this, this is a, this is a Roger Ebert level review right here. This is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, that rules. Yeah, that, that's the uh, best review we've heard all day. That's <laughs> honestly like shut this podcast down. Like I'm just gonna record that line and oh, yeah. replace this whole motherfucking thing. <laughs> that's fair. Agreed. <coughs> uh, and lastly, but certainly not least, Ethan gives the film four stars out of five and says something. You know, just kind of sums it all up. Sometimes you've just got to steal your beloved starship. Sacrifice said starship in a gambit to stop some Klingons, lose the sun you barely knew, and nearly die on a destabilized planet, all for the sole purpose of bringing the love of your life, a Vulcan scientist, back from the dead. Hells yeah. Hells yeah. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm totally changing my opinion on this. This is such a romantic fucking movie. Is, it is, really is. So, That's why I like the score. It's very yeah. romantic. It's a romantic yeah. score. So is... I don't think it really works as a sci-fi film. However, as a rom-com, mm-hmm. this is what I'm saying. As a rom, <laughs> I wouldn't even say rom-com. No, I'm say saying rom-com. I'm I'm, I'm talking adventure. about romantic communications, like the oh. calm station. Yeah, like, okay. <laughs> her is calm. That so. makes more sense. Yeah, there is a lot of talking through, through rom-coms. Yeah, rom. <laughs> <laughs> I like rom-coms. You know, romantic communication films. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. With that, I think it's time. Talk to to pay our respects to mm-hmm. a fallen soldier. Will the awaiting was in a pinch, and somebody had to die. But thanks a lot, time to beam up to the big red shirt in the sky. Today we remember crewman Hendorf and lieutenants Kaplan, Mallory, and Marple. All Damn. security officers, all red shirts who served under James T. Kirk on the USS Enterprise. All four men expired on the planet Gamma Trianguli 4. What a name for a planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hendorf succumbed to poison from the thorns of a native plant. Mm. Kaplan was struck by lightning. <laughs> Mallory was killed by an explosive rock. Hell yeah. Tight. 
and Marple. Oh, I think that's, that might be. I think what that we're might be that right actually. Now. Yeah, I think the that might be that. The stream yeah. is literally. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was looking at. Like, I think those, that might be. Yeah. Rock. So, uh, and, and Marple got hit with a stick. <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> that's the worst one. Yeah. Right. Uh, thankfully, only humans are particularly vulnerable to the poisonous plant and the lightning, as Spock survived the both of them. Hmm. So rest in peace among the stars, security officers, Hendorf, Kaplan, Mallory, and Marple. And thanks for your contribution to the greater good, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's about, that's about the whole goddamn show, you sons about of bitches. Goddamn oh, where thing, where can man. I find your balls and dick online, everybody? Uh, my website, Spencer, S-P-E-N-S-E-R dot zone, has all of my links. Check yeah. it out. What about you, Pat? Spencer spelled like a uh, a landlocked Midwestern state like Missouri. Two S's and no C. <laughs> uh, oh, man. <laughs> Shut up. That was brilliant. <laughs> I got to do the math, but I think that's brilliant. Yeah, do the math. Get back to us. <laughs> I'm doing the monster math. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's brilliant, guys. I'm genius. You're welcome. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Go I'm uh I'm just at Potomac Bomb on Twitter. So yeah. Yeah. And uh at uh your knees at the glory hole. Of the local, Given that invisible touch. Local shell station. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only person I kneel for is Spock on the cross. <laughs> so you just pretend all of them are Spock, Spock when the they go. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> they're just they're just are, Oh yeah, Spock. Give me all your cum. <laughs> I did comment that on one of the on one of the right wing Facebook ads I got today, where that was a shirt that says "The only man I kneel for is on a cross." <laughs> or, 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 the only man I kneel for is dead on a cross. And I said, "Like, ew, That's dude." Necrophilia. I was like, "Ew, dude, you blowing a dead guy." <laughs> <laughs> that rules. <laughs> that rocks. That's cool. Hell uh, so, yeah! Uh, you can what? find what. You can you you can you you can't find me, but you can uh, go yeah. uh, to any social media at Soytrek. Uh, we're on <laughs> let's see, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, mm-hmm. and we're on Reddit. Yeah, um, we're actually we're, streaming this uh, to Twitch and we're on, Facebook. We're on Twitch. Right we're on YouTube. YouTube. Um, we're on top of the world. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Captain's log supplemental. Mm-hmm. Looks like that's all. It's time for us to warp away. Be well. Travel safe. And as Ferengi rule of acquisition number 139 says, wives serve, brothers inherit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for trekking with us, soy boys, girls, and non binary friends. Hang dong. And shocker. <laughs>